Welcome to Legends of Greyskull, the podcast that dives deep into the mythology of Masters of the Universe, with your hosts, Matthew Dooch and Sean Scavana. News, reviews, remasterings, and more are just ahead on Legends of Greyskull. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Legends of Greyskull, the fan podcast where we discuss the history, the mystery, the magic, and mythology of He-Man, She-Ra, Eternia, Theria, Nordor, Primus, New Adventures, Old Adventures, Ladybird, UK Annuals, Comics, Mini-Comics, even... He-Man and the Masters of the Universe! I'm Matt Here again with Sean Skavarna. Sean! I want to take a special moment here. We gotta, <laughs> we gotta get real here. We gotta Uh-oh. get serious. We're gonna pull back the curtain a little bit here. Normally we do these recordings pretty much, you know, in a, in a vacuum, let's say. Yeah. Um, you know, we try not not to timestamp too much or anything like that because we want everybody to enjoy these as they come, whenever they get to them, if they find them years down the road, you know, whatever. But today I, I, I've got I've got to break it. I know you told me not to. You know, Eric told me not to. He is furious mm-hmm. right now. But today marks a very special occasion. Today, we have the man, the myth, the legend, the podcaster, the artist extraordinaire, a man of many talents. Who? It is. It's, it's not Eric. It is a very special day here for the legend to my Grayskull. Sean Kavarna. We want to wish you a very happy birthday from all of us here at Legends of Grayskull. Eric as well, even though he's very mad at me for breaking format. Yes, guys, today we are recording. It is actually on Sean's birthday, his 34th mm-hmm. birthday. Happy birthday, Sean. I wish I was 34 again. That'd be awesome. <laughs> oh, man. It's like my life started at 30, I feel like. <laughs> but yeah, I think a lot yeah, of us no, feel that you. way, honestly. Uh, uh, it, my twenties were like, what the heck? <laughs> Moving on from there. Now, yeah, unfortunately, I'm I'm the reciprocal of a uh, 34 today. But yeah, it was it's crazy to think. Wow, you know, I've been on this planet for 43 years now. My contribution is podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> Throwing my opinion well, don't forget Artist Extraordinaire. <laughs> Anybody well, who's got a Skavarna original on their wall yeah. is a very lucky person. <laughs> yeah, and that's actually, uh, uh, we said that before, but yeah, that's how you and I actually got the ball rolling yep. to where we are here with this. So there you have exactly. it. But, uh, and and speak of the, speaking of that, uh, Casey and Mary, your, uh, your thank you art is actually in the mail to you. And I know I, I reached out to Casey over the weekend about it, but yeah, I finally got a chance to send those out awesome. because he gave us those, uh, Masterverse, yes. He-Man and Skeletor back when the show was, uh, premiering and all that stuff, which was amazing and awesome. So thank you again for that. So your thank yous are in the mail. 
And yeah, it is crazy. It's kind of cool to actually say, hey, today is the day that I'm recording and it is my birthday. It's like it's like a little bit of a time capsule today for me. There you go. So. <laughs> and real quick here, I'm going to break with format even more. Oh my that's God. That's the day it is. And I also actually looked at your wonderful questions, comments, geekdom post, which oh I usually God. don't do. But I, I wanted to do this because I had a feeling it was going to turn out this way. We will save the questions for the end of the episode. But before yep. that, and so Sean doesn't have to read them to himself, we have from Robert <laughs> Reed Emery, happy birthday with the wonderful happy he birthday uh, e-card of He-Man on Battle. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Tony Carpenter, happy birthday with confetti going up. I should have nice. next year. Uh, Tomas Rydberg, happy birthday, Sean. More confetti. We're going to have to clean up the studio here when we're done. Oh, uh, JP Casto, happy birthday, Sean. Taylor Whitaker, happy birthday. Manny Gonzalez, HB2U. Uh, RJ Clark, happy birthday, brother. Uh, Kelly Randor Edmonds, birthday cake confetti, birthday cake confetti, happy birthday. Yep. But you still have to wait until Wednesday for the new comic to drop. Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> Jason Torrance has a happy birthday. I hope you have a great day. Uh, Jake Vega, happy birthday. Uh, Mary Goya, happy birthday. More confetti. And of course, Casey Allen, happy birthday, Sean. Eric, can you get a nice. start cleaning up all this confetti? <laughs> well, Sir, thank you, can't, everyone. You can't say that on the podcast, Eric. I, I don't it's care a family if you're show. off mic. <laughs> Watch your language. Warning. Uh. You can't get good help nowadays. That's all there is to it. But yeah, thank you everyone for that. I I was I only did that not to do a hey, throw everybody happy birthdays at me. I did it more as a it's kind of fun. I want some doing this on my birthday. But yeah, it turned into a bit of a that kind of a post and no complaints because I appreciate all the all the uh, good wishes and it's really crazy to go like wow, we're going the podcast and. These yeah. people are, you know, throwing the love out there. So there you go. I mean, you know, it's awesome to have that kind of a fan community that we're building here at Legends of Grayskull like that. So Absolutely. thank you. And and perfect segue there, because I did want to take a minute to talk about the community, Legends of Grayskull, give everyone kind of a, a status report. Um, I know I I have been a lot quieter on social media than I usually have. Um, and you know, obviously the podcast, we're getting our regular stuff out, not much extras right now. Um, it's just, like I mentioned before, this is a very interesting time in my life right now. I've taken, I've left my job of many years, taken on a new job. This is normally our busy season anyways, because I got the kids and, uh, football and cheer and swim and everything else. Um, so don't worry, guys, we, we... We are going to be doing some stuff um, coming up here. We have big plans in the works. Just bear with us. Um, we we will be getting more posts up on the group. We will be getting a bit more extra stuff in there and everything else. It's coming. Um, the other thing I wanted to touch base on, as obviously everyone knows, we're into October now, and All-Star September did not happen this year again. It was just kind of a victim of all these major life changes, um, and I we just really didn't have the extra time. That is a big endeavor, and unfortunately mm-hmm. this year it had to be shelved. 
Um, it, I, I promise you now it will be back next September. Um, and we're still tweaking. It might be in a little different format, but we will get back to All-Star September, the trivia contest. Yuka, you will have your chance to defend your title. Um, but since you're the first one, now you get to hold that title for two years uncontested. So, um, and I had thought about, you know, kind of doing it late. Um, but really, I think it's just best at this point in time to just, you know, just roll the next year. So, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so that'll be back next year. We got some fun stuff coming to the show. Um, there will be some changes with the Facebook group. That's another reason there hasn't been a lot going on there. Um, Facebook has changed a lot of stuff recently. And um, I know, Sean, we haven't really talked about this yet, but it's it's stuff that's been going on in my head. They've really changed up. It's always been a public group uh, to get word out there about the show. But the Facebook has really changed up their public groups lately. Um so there is the potential of us taking it private or maybe uh, we're not sure yet, but there, there are definitely mm-hmm. some things that Facebook is doing with public groups and, and on Facebook for a minute here, since we're on YouTube, we can't get kicked off of Facebook. <laughs> um, Sean, I know you have your art page. I don't know how much you've noticed of it, but Facebook is really putting a stranglehold on, on the pages in, in the, uh, in the groups where I'm getting bombarded constantly to pay to advertise my posts or my groups. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, you know, our posts aren't reaching the majority of people they used to reach. And it's like, but then mm-hmm. I'm getting hit up for like, hey, give me five bucks and I'll get your post in front of a thousand people. And it's like, really? Like, this, this yeah. is what you've resorted to? I, yeah. Once I started the uh, the art group, which I have not updated in forever, because honestly, like you, I have so many things pulling me in different directions that right. I don't even think about the art group. I usually just post an art group for the podcast <clears throat> now. Um, yeah, I did that for maybe like a month or two just yeah. to see what would happen. And honestly, I wasn't that impressed by I did- the reach of yeah. that kind of stuff, you know, so... I feel like the people that want to find us, they're listening to the podcast. They're going to go to the group one way or the other, whether it's public or private. And, you know, that's, that's where if they want to interact with us or, uh, however, right there, you know, it's simple as that. And I don't, I, their, their ideas, Facebook's ideas for some of this stuff does make me go like, yeah, yeah, like what, you said, that's your solution. This is but, what you're right, like, like so, you really want to turn this into a nickel and dime platform. Yeah, yeah. Like we're going to basically hold your post hostage unless you throw me five bucks. And even then, like, like you said, I did it once just like same thing. I just want to be like, let's see what this yields. And yeah. it yield basically nothing. But then it hit me when they had like, oh, well, you did five bucks this last time. Like if 10 bucks will get you in front of twice as many people. Yeah. And it's like, guys, really, you're, you're, your Facebook, your shares are worth how much? And you, you gotta be like, Hey, slip me five bucks. Come on, come on, yeah. 10 bucks. Come on, but you got, you got anything, you got any change? Like, yeah, come on. <laughs> so, so yeah, it's a, I guess it's just kind of a, things are, cogs are turning. 
we're trying to decide how best to kind of promote the podcast going forward. I mean, we will keep, obviously we'll keep a presence on Facebook. Uh, It's where Mm -hmm. we kind of started really publicizing and advertising, and it's where we met most of you guys. Um, Mm -hmm. org has been another great resource. Um, But yeah, it's just... uh, it's just it's just kind of a weird place right now, and we're just kind of regrouping and seeing where we want to go. On that note, obviously, the place we found the most success with the podcast is obviously on YouTube, which is no surprise as we formatted this from the very beginning to be a you know video based podcast. So, and, and we are approaching a milestone rapidly. Uh, so I did want to put out the call. We'll mention it at the end of the show, but. If you're watching us, if you enjoy what we're putting out, um, just take a second and just click that subscribe button down there if you're not already, because we are about 100 people away from 1,000, and that mm-hmm. is that is huge. In our second year of the show, we're approaching 1,000 subscribers. Um, I, am, I am both humbled and amazed, again, by the support of the community, um, mm-hmm. and it'd be great if we could smash through that 1,000 that ceiling before our our third year anniversary in January. So and like I teased many times, we got something big planned for a thousand. Um something big will wind up in one of your one of the subscribers' homes. So uh please make sure to subscribe. Sean, you got anything? Oh uh, no, I've I've been good lately. <laughs> <laughs> I mean the the best that I could offer up, if I remember right, uh, let me grab them here. Um, I showed them to you off uh, off the show, but this is one of the most recent ones that I may, was able to get in the last month. Nice. Uh, Scapular, the, the Crypt Breaker from Mythic Legions. He was one of those. Uh, he's a, he's a first uh, release from the Kickstarter. Yeah, yeah the 1.0. out of... Yeah, the 1.0, and out of all of those, this guy just visually was one where I'm like, if I didn't love this line because of the knights and all this yeah. other stuff, this guy would have still won me over. So, and yes, the basis of Celtus, which is the uh, Skeletor homage yep. figure. So, very happy to have him on the shelf. And yeah, I got a few things because of my birthday um, that I ended up going in on over the weekend. Nice, but they're not here yet. So, um, but yeah, I got a I got a notification actually last night. The uh, the backer kit on the uh, the the Mythic Legions video game they yep. took that out now too, and I'm like, oh god, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like sw- swapping funds real quick to make sure it's covered and all that stuff. But I, I'm actually pretty happy that uh, I'll have a couple of orc warriors pretty soon. The two pack, yeah, and- yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm down that rabbit hole, but I'm trying to be trying to be more responsible than I was in the last two months about it right now. So, but see, so what about you? <laughs> one thing I like though about the Mythic Legions, uh, especially pre-ordering them direct from the Horsemen, is that they take the money. Like they just yeah. take it, and you're done. And in in you know a year or so, you get this nice big package at your front door, and. Mm-hmm. Um, 
that's really the way to go, in my opinion. I'm I'm honestly getting tired. As good as Big Bad Toy Store is mm-hmm. um, in shipping and everything else, I really wish I could convince them to just take my funds up front when I order. Yeah. Like, just take it, and then I'm done. And, you know, I'm scrolling through that pre-order list, and I'm like, Oh man! If the, and then starts stuff starts getting delayed, yeah. and I'm like, man, if okay, this was supposed to be like two months apart, but it's already yeah. bumped back a month. So uh, yeah, I don't like it. I prefer I prefer it this way, where it's like, okay, it's done. You took the money, and now I just have to wait. Um, well, uh, one way that I I actually circumvented them in the last couple weeks because. Uh, We've talked about it off air, but yeah, like that whole deal where, you know, Big Bad Toy Store, there is no deposit, which is nice because I'm one of those people where I'm like, ooh, and I'll put something on as a pre-order. And then by the time the pre-order hits, either my interest isn't there or, oh God, we're, we're, you know, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta sell something quick because I gotta get the funds for that. And we didn't plan X, Y, and Z between that point with like the budget and all this stuff. Um, so I'll I'll throw a shout out, uh, Jeremy uh, Gerard uh, in the kit in the Mythic Legions Cabal. He does a uh, Mythic uh, Conversations. Yep. On YouTube, he is involved in a LegionShop.com. Yep. And they do a non-refundable deposit on there. So just recently, I stopped doing the big bad toy store orders for the one wave, and now I have ten bucks a pop for the pre-orders that I just did. Nice. And I'm like, it's still going to be a chunk of change when that stuff comes in, but that's still 30 bucks oh, I don't bless, owe. Yeah. And I'm locked in on that. And you know what? Now I'm not going to say, oh, I'm not going to do this. I'm in, you know, yeah. and I'm locked in for that. And, you know, like I, I agreed, I'd love for them to take the money up front, just like the horsemen do. Mm-hmm. But in this case, it's like, hey, 10 bucks is still 10 bucks. And I just put in 30 for the ones that I wanted because there was three of the all-star wave I wanted. Yep. I'm like, you know what? I'm in. <laughs> there is no way I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, cancel that. And yeah, Big Bad Toy Store. That their model is cool if you're a window shopper, but if you're somebody that it, you know that you have a lot of different directions you're going yeah. in, that is definitely a rabbit hole I don't want to travel down because I, I relooked through my pre-orders recently. Yeah. And I was like, oh my god, and I started canceling. That night, going like, I know I can't do all of this right now, yeah. especially if it all hit, I'm screwed. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. That, that is the nice thing about Big Bad Toy Store. You can go back, you can get your thing in, but then you can yeah. also freely go back there and be like, yeah, I dro- I'm dropping this. And that's probably why Big Bad Toy Store does it that way, because it's a lot less hassle than having to issue refunds every time someone goes, oh, exactly. never Exactly. And the $4 shipping is actually quite you know like that's mm-hmm. that's sexy to me it's like four dollars shipping for how much that's amazing yeah got, I, I never got, have enough at one time to do that the proper way i'm holding out i've got a handful of items um i have probably got like four or five items sitting in my pile of loot and i'm waiting for something big to come in like i've got all you know the next masterverse waves on pre or like the whole wave like if something like that hits then i'll be like okay yeah shit I'm trying to get up to like ten or twelve items, and so that I can really, I can really like pu- uh, push it through and feel like I'm saving something. I just thought of something. <clears throat> I do have one other thing. Can we pause for a second so I can get it? I completely forgot. Let's go get it. We'll be right All back. Right, I'll be right gentlemen. back. 
All right, guys, let's see what Sean grabbed. So the other night, I'm taking out the trash, and this guy with a mask is walking <laughs> across my yard. And I'm like, as they do. I looked at him in our neighborhood. That's yeah, and I'm favorite. like, can I help you? And he's holding a Target bag, and I'm like, okay. He pulls down the mask, and it's my cousin Alan. And Alan, oh, I, I was going to guess Jesse. <laughs> <laughs> no, I would have known Jesse. The hair, even with the mask. But uh, no, this, he had he had really really uh, close cropped hair and all this stuff. And I'm like, what? Who is this person? He pulls down his mask and he's smiling at me. It's my cousin Alan. Alan Myers. He uh, he's uh, listened to the podcast for a while. I actually got him to start watching He Man <laughs> and all this. Nice, but. Uh, a common love that we have is the Ninja Turtles. Nice. So I gave him my toys when I was older, and that was how he started his collection when he was a kid. And uh, he 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 just out of nowhere comes up and he, he's like, "Happy b- early birthday!" And I'm like, "Huh?" Yeah. He hands me this. Oh, nice! The reissue. So he got me the the reissue Leonardo. Yeah. And I'm just there like, holy crap. So this is one I didn't have to go after. And that was really cool. So I told him I'd say thank you on the show. And there you go. Thank there you, you go. Alan. I appreciate it. So, Very yeah, nice. I did have something else. <laughs> I actually saw uh, those for the first. I usually don't see much in my area. But with the new job, I've been mm-hmm. traveling around a little bit. And I saw, actually, I saw the whole wave in one of the stores. I didn't pick nice. any up. because, but, uh, but it was just it was just nice to see them. Yeah, nice to see a Walmart yeah. that was stacked. That was the most yeah. unusual thing. I'll tell you what. Like, I mean, it, he was the first one I ever got and all this stuff. I actually would love to track the four of them down and just yeah. have them on card and all that because there is something to be said about it. And, and, and this to me, this when, when I see this, I'm like, I know why people love Origins because this is very much, this is the right. ending of my childhood when I see these figures because – it was Turtles and Transformers that were really that era of yeah. me before I was like leaving to go do comics and girls, a lot of girls and all that stuff. Sure, and, sure. But it's like, yeah, Ninja Turtles, that was a big one. So I definitely appreciated that. And it's just really cool. Out of the blue, here's a Leonardo. I'm like, Sweet. I mean, it would have been better if it was Raphael, but yeah. Maybe on your birthday. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, I've, I, I, I hijacked the show. What, and if you, you, you want to hear more Turtles talk, check out Legends of Grayskull Offworld mm-hmm. episode two. Yeah, I think we've only done the two. <laughs> That's another thing. Yeah, we, Update. <laughs> we do have plans for more Offworlds. And I was just, actually, I was we just do. thinking over the weekend, I need to get a message out to uh, the Offworld crew and uh, schedule a departure. But So that'll be coming soon as well i promise the, we're, we're getting the back on track <laughs> the next one i'm actually really it's, excited for because the the topic we're going to cover is one that when i first saw it i wouldn't have expected it to be as near and dear to my heart as the <laughs> game but it just it grows on you and it's yeah <laughs> my without giving away what it is well one guy yeah. one guy will know what it is but i uh he doesn't listen. Uh, but my best friend in high school, Nick, uh, his mom worked for a newspaper. And she would get the the advanced screening tickets all the time. You know, like mm-hmm. it, it was usually 
it wasn't like the, the like early early critic stuff, but it'd be like you know either the like the premiere night or like a week before the premiere. You know, yeah. You know, if the premiere's on the fourteenth, they'd have a special screening on the seventh. That's basically like invite only, and she would get mm-hmm. those t- like they'd send a bunch of tickets to all the news, but she'd get tickets and she'd usually give them to us, and we saw a lot of movies that way. Um, and this one, it was one of those that it's like okay, that looks that looks. That looks good. Like, I'll, I'm sure I'll see it eventually, but then he got the tickets for it, so we went to see it in theaters, and I am so glad we did, because it's one I probably <laughs> wouldn't have on its own. Mm-hmm. Like, I would have I would have yeah. ran it from Blockbuster, but I wouldn't have gone out of my way to see it. Um, but yeah, it, to see in theaters, it was, it was amazing, and like you said, it just blew my mind, like, how great it was. Going in with those low expectations helps a lot of times, you know, and and just seeing it and, and the story and everything. And then the once it came out on VHS, I ended up buying it and many, many rewatches later. It's like it's just one of those movies that's always in the back of my mind. Instantly quotable. Great cast. Yeah. Great storyline. Um, uh, laughter, death, like love. Like it's got everything. Like it, it, it is an amazing movie. And it does not get enough credit i see it here and there but it does not i still don't feel like it's the credit it's it deserves well what's what's funny is uh that one came out at christmas the year it came out <laughs> if i remember right probably around there and, yeah, that sounds about right and uh typically my mom uh it would be my mom and i go into the movies my dad usually was the i'm gonna stay at home and he didn't really like going out to do that kind of stuff <laughs> And it was Christmas morning, and she goes, "Let's go see this." Yeah, and I'm like, "You want to see that?" And I, I was completely like, "This, you know, this is more of my mom's thing with the fandom that it involves than my thing." It, but I've real been quick, involved like, in it. Go real ahead. quick, it was actually uh, Christmas Day was yeah. the release yeah. date, like not so yep. advanced screening. We probably saw it like the week before or something. So. But uh, it was it was definitely one where I was sitting there and just going, okay, you know, like it, it was almost like I, I'm happy to go to the movies. This is one my mom picked. Okay, yeah. we're sitting there, and by the end of it, I was like, right, so worth it, so yeah. worth watching this. And I I laughed my butt off so many times in that thing. Plus, like, there's there's some heartfelt moments in it where I'll get chills even to this day when I remember it, and I'm like. This oh, I shouldn't be feeling this because this movie yeah. is not meant to be that. But it is. But it did it. And, and it, it was, did it so well. And it was not marketed that way. That's the thing. No. Like you said, I went in just expecting a slapstick comedy. And yeah. it has those moments. Or a farce. Farce yeah. kind of a thing. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. It has those moments. But at the same time, when it gets emotional and real, it, it gets freaking real. Like you know, yeah, yeah. Like they might not all make it out of this. You know what I mean? I, it was, we're we're like borderline on having the whole thing right now I, because this is like I am so proud of us here. that I don't feel we said anything <laughs> that instantly nope. gives it away. Not um, at all. Which which for me, I'm actually impressed for me not doing it because I'm right. the only one that messes up. I was thinking my words very well. So, yes, episode three is coming soon. We've got to get back to uh, uh, Secret of the Ooze. That's on the roster. Um, yep. But, yeah, then 
Uh, there, so, guys, if you're if you missed the Off World episode, so far we've done uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League and the 1990 Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles film. Uh, just they're in our regular YouTube, but they are listed as Legends of Grayskull Off World. So just search mm-hmm. for that, and you guys can check them out. Yep. So speaking of things that I went in with low expectations and was uh-huh. blown away by. Look at that! Look mm-hmm. at that! No, Segways. It's all. It's, all, it, it's butter. It's butter it, this time. It's, it's the, amazing it's how it's all flowing into it. It is. It's all. <laughs> Today, we are discussing a 2021 Netflix original animated series, He Man and the Masters of the Universe. Yes. So. Uh, let's start with the expectations. Sean, I know we've covered this here and there on the show, but just for review purposes, how'd you feel leading up to the premiere of this series? Uh, I Before the trailers hit, because the trailers was right. where it really, really got me. It was very much the, is this thing happening? Because we got the... We have the initial, the, the silhouette He-Man right. holding up the sword image, and we have the Skeletor <clears throat> close up with Shadow, and yeah. we didn't hear a whole lot out of this one beyond that, Right, and I think the only other thing that we got was the uh, Mattel investors, here's yeah, the full He-Man shot of Battle He-Man Cat. on Battle Cat, and, and there really was like a... Is there. this thing coming out this year? Like nobody hears anything about this. I didn't think and, it was. Yeah. I really did not expect to see this in 2021 at all because there'd been mm-hmm. silence. Yeah. And uh yeah, my my investment in it was pretty minimal because there wasn't a lot to go on except for those images. And once the trailers hit, then suddenly I'm like, "Wait, what? Like wait a minute. This actually looks pretty fun." And you know, from that point, I actually had more excitement going into it because we went through the revelation stuff yep. and there was a lot of stuff baggage wise that came with that one, unfortunately. And for me, at least watching the, the trailer and getting into this show, it felt like I needed this. This was my palate cleanser where yep. I could watch something that didn't have to be chapter and verse what I grew up with. And it could have fun. It could just, let's just do something. And, and in, you know, it, let's make an adventure series, you know, basically using right. He-Man and stuff. And the, uh, the way that my kids reacted to the trailers only solidified yep. my excitement because both of my kids were like, you are not watching this without us. And yep. I'm like, okay. So that was, that was, that was very telling of what we were about to have coming out when, when the release happened. Yeah, I, I what was about same, you? I was the same way. It was it was lots of just radio silence. I didn't think it was coming out this year, and then that trailer dropped out of nowhere. And um, I guess, like I, I'd said here on here before, I was always hoping that this was going to be just more of a He Man series, like just just a, a more typical filmation, like for a new generation. Like let's just have some adventures, mm-hmm. some stories. You know, uh, we don't have to rehash everything that's come before. I mean, it'd be nice to have some nods and everything, but I don't need, 
I don't need the CGI Dragon's Gift. I don't need CGI Diamond Ray of Disappearance. I just yeah. need a fun story that embodies the spirit. Um, and then when that trailer dropped for as different as it was, you know, almost everybody in the trailer instantly, I'm like, oh, like, that's... Yeah, uh, that's be- obviously Skeletor, He-Man, Battlecat, very easy. But the the villains, especially, it's like, oh man, they actually like I know who they are. That was a mm-hmm. big thing. Uh, the heroes were a little harder, so I was iffy on them. But but for the most part, it just it felt like it was going to be a fun show in today's kind of art style, you know? Yeah. And uh, and same thing. My kids saw the trailer. They. They were loving it. The younger kids were. My oldest daughter is 13 now, so she was playing cool. She's like, that looks dumb. Whatever. But, <laughs> um, but they, they you know, we sat down on the premiere night, and uh, I think we, we watched two episodes. Maybe we only watched one episode together. Um but it was funny because even my 13-year-old daughter, like, she came into the room as we were starting up, and she's like, this looks stupid. And then she sits down on the couch. And, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it starts off, and she's like, and she's like, well, that that's dumb. They don't look like they're supposed to. And then she gets a little more comfortable on the couch. <laughs> and then, yeah, uh, yeah, it was kind of that, and then eventually, about halfway through the episode, she just sitting there watching it, like, Oh, 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 like, mm-hmm. like she had to play mm-hmm. cool at first, but eventually yeah. she, she, uh, sat down and watched it and they, and they ended up sprinting ahead of me because with my work schedule, I wasn't able to sit down with them. So they finished it long before I could. Um, mm-hmm. and I, I found, I found it funny cause they were trying, especially early in the, in the series there, as everyone's kind of getting their powers and everything, they, uh, they were trying to guess, like, who was who. Because it was different enough for them that, like, they 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 didn't... And even, actually, even even I recall when we were talking about it, we stumbled on Cronus for a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of us assumed that the Cronus was Keldor um, until in that trailer where Keldor ends up appearing later. Uh, but for them, they weren't thinking about the trailer or anything. They're just watching it, and they kept... That's the one thing my my oldest daughter kept going. She's like, "Well, Skeletor looks stupid now and everything," because she's th- and she was talking about Cronus all the time. And this and they're like, "Just wait, mm-hmm. just wait, <laughs> just wait." Yeah. Um. But yeah, it, it, but it was also kind of fun. Uh, for me personally, going, I don't know who everybody is. Like after mm-hmm. after the trailer revealed the Keldor design. Then I, I pretty much went to Cronus for that the green face character, um, mm-hmm. but like we had the General Dolos, um, and then in the trailer we saw that guy that ended up being uh, Rakaz, um, mm-hmm. and and he until the episode he premiered in I wasn't sure who he who Rakaz was going to be you know we didn't even hear his name until the episode then in the episode hearing the name and everything else I'm like oh okay now I know where mm-hmm. we are. But that was fun for me. I mean, I've been living this stuff for 35 years. And for me to be able to sit there, watch trailer, and then go, I don't know where they're going with everything. 
like that that was awesome for me like i yeah it's the same thing with the marvel movies and so whenever they do something unexpected i'm like oh shit i didn't see that coming i'm like yeah. i didn't see that coming it takes me back to my childhood where you watched an episode of film nation and you didn't know what was going to happen yeah. is granamer going to be good or evil is he going to help them you know um mm -hmm. that that you know, we're about to get deep in this series, but that was probably the most fun for me is me sitting here going, I don't know exactly what's going to bring. And even my kids, they're like, ask me to be like, well, what's going to happen with, 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 you know, with Duncan or, or Tila or whatever. And I'm like, I don't know. They're like, but you love this stuff. I said, I know, but I, I don't know. Uh -huh. You know, I have, I can guess based on their prior iterations and my prior experience, but that doesn't mean jack shit anymore. So, no. and that, that's it's the nice. best part for me. It's wonderful. It's, it's, <laughs> it's one of the most unexpected surprises I've had all year, honestly, because uh, for me being who I am, and I, I always start sentences like this, but it, it's, it's true. It's like the stuff that we had when we were kids, I'm okay that that's there. You know, like right, I'm completely I did fine with filmation being in the eighties. And that was what I grew up yep. watching every day after school, but let's progress something. Let's do something where I don't know what's going to happen every time. And, and like 2000 X, I mean, that was the closest to that, where I was literally on the edge of my seat watching uh, council of evil right. going like, where are they going to go with the next episode? And then, I I didn't have to wait like like Matt did when I was watching it, but yeah. when we got to that next episode, I'm just like cheering my head off and going, I haven't right. cheered on a He Man cartoon since I was probably six. Right. You know, like this is this is good stuff. And then for me, at least, like I said, it didn't have all of that baggage of all these people giving so much crap to the showrunners, to the right. story, and all this stuff that Revelation had to deal with. And it was just such a good, like, I mean, talk about a good pairing. You had the one that it, it was trying to progress what we had as kids. Right. And then we have this one where now we can be kids again, enjoying right. something and going, I don't know where this is going. And I'm right there with my kids going, I got to see what happens next. You know, right. it's, it's great. <laughs> yeah. and, and and it it got deep. It got yeah. dark. It got, it hit some stuff. I'm like. Okay. Um, mm -hmm. So, but before we get into the story, right quick here, um, we don't need to break down every character, but probably let's go. Let's go. Who's your favorite character? Try and think design and personality, and then who's your least favorite character? Uh, design and personality, and we can kind of hit some of our big things. Um, I think the one that really, or, really, uh, real quick here, it might help you. I just saw this. Maybe we go favorite and least favorite hero and villain. Yeah. I was, I was kinda, actually going to do it that way. Cause yeah, it's, it's a little it's, overwhelming to have everybody. Yeah. But, uh, so let's hero go. wise, hero. let's do heroes first. Then we'll come back with the baddies. All right. <clears throat> hero wise. I'm going to actually throw one at you that might shock you, but I'm going to go with Cringer. Yep. Same here. Cringer for me, he, I mean, he was what Orca was <laughs> to Revelation. He was this heart and soul to this series. And I, I loved the portrayal of him. I absolutely, I couldn't think of anything I didn't like about that character. And the amount that he, they brought to him in this was, 
Right. Uh, I, I, I just well, was like, man, if I was playing with kids outside, I'd be happy being battle cat to play. That would have been awesome. His personality <laughs> was so vastly different yet mm-hmm. at the same time, it, it really worked for him. Him being the leader <clears throat> of the green t- tiger tribe being in the jungle, um, and being older, I mean that—that's—that's that's, like he's—he's the—he's the voice of reason. He's the—I'll uh, throw it at you. Uh, he's the cup of the group, like yeah, from yeah, Transformers. Exactly. He's—he's yep. he's seen it all. He's done it all, and now he's got these powers to help back him up because he's getting older. He lost his claws. Um, he just—he's—he's a—he's a very well voice acted. Very well portrayed, and honestly, I love the redesign. It is instantly mm-hmm. Battle Cat, but it's souped up to you know the next generation. Um, yeah, and that that tragic backstory of him losing his claws, how Rakaz you know took them out because he wouldn't fight in his his tournament pit like that uh-huh. is oh my god, and that and basically for those of you who haven't watched the show, which if you haven't watched the show, why are you here? And I guess I probably should have said spoilers alert, but yeah, so we're spoiling spoilers. everything. Um, but yeah, when we when we met Rakaz, and that was pretty late in the season, really. Uh-huh. It's and then it turns, and then he's got this whole backstory of how he, you know he he got his claws taken out because he wouldn't fight for in the in the tournaments, and then basically he broke out and he, he formed a tribe which took in all of these orphans and everything and just protected everybody in the forest and kind of made this community like that. And, and this, this is cringer. And this is all mm. before he gets the power of Grayskull. It's like, now I love filmation cringer. I love Mike Young cringer. I've always loved the scaredy cat portrayal, but this has really like kind of flipped on its head. And I love him as like a, a separate, but equal, you know, mm. um, and then the things he does once he gets the power in Master of the Wild. Um, mm-hmm. Yes, he is an excellent redesign, excellent character. Uh, and he would have been my choice, too. Um, but I'm going to throw one at it just so that we can talk about a few different people. I'm actually going to go Tila. And again, this is a character, this is a Tila that is vastly different. Um, yeah. She, you know, she's got the white hair. She's got, you know, she, she, they've really leaned into her magical capabilities, which we all know Mm -hmm. have lied within Tila dormant. Couple episodes here and there have hinted at it, explored it. Uh, Biggest one's probably the Eternity War comic where she actually became, you know, the sorceress in place of her mother. But this one really starts it off with. She is a magic user. She is a mage. She is an orphan. Um, and probably her most interesting character development comes as a result of them aging down Duncan so that Man-at-Arms is a peer to them instead of the mentor. So right mm-hmm. there, Tila loses the little familial support system that she has. And it really... It doesn't really change the character, but if anything, gives more credence to the Tila feels alone, the orphan Tila angle that we explore. That combined with her magic using and being a former apprentice of Evelyn, who would become Evelyn, um, it really makes for an interesting story. 
and how basically this whole thing is her journey right from the beginning of becoming the sorceress is a real cool twist when she finds the the staff once they enter Grayskull, and that's basically her whole power up is her becoming the sorceress. Um, mm-hmm. Great outfit, great design. I love those wings in her hair that kind of fade into that temporal portal, that star yeah. effect that they have. Um, I, I, it's one of those in the. I figured out who it was in the trailer that that had to be Tila, but I wasn't mm-hmm. sure about how. You could tell they were going the magic route with her, and I didn't like, I didn't like the idea of that. But once we got into it, I'm like, oh my god, this works so well. Like I, mm-hmm. I she, she is really one of the characters I feel the most for. Yeah, I, like uh, she, from I, she's one of the ones that I actually like her design before she powers up a little bit more because it's such a distinct look for her. Yeah. And it's different enough from the normal one that I'm like, she's still an interesting character to look at. But um, <laughs> the moment on the show when when everybody gets the power up for the first time, yeah. my daughter lost her mind when she had the wings sprout yeah. out and the Zor <laughs> background and everything. And and like when we saw the wings were like a dimensional portal, kind of like yeah. Raven on Teen Titans and stuff. Oh, my God my daughter just lost her mind and she's like, Tila's her absolute everything favorite now. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm not going to fight you because she's really yeah. cool on the show. And I mean, I, I, I the one thing that I, I learned that I thought was really cool too. And I didn't catch it initially. Cause I'm one of these people that when I'm watching something, I'm usually just into it. And then later on, right. I figure it out. Uh, evil Lynn is a word, witch. yes. And she is a hand, witch. Tila yep. is a hand, witch. Which I love because they do show in the beginning. She does like the Doctor Strange stuff. She does that and the whole way. Stuff yeah. happens. And then with Evil Lynn, they even do those overlays of her mouth while she's doing a spell to show yep. this is it taking effect or whatever. So I really think it's fun that they have the two of them squaring off, but different ways of doing their powers when you see right. them interacting on it. So And that's and that yeah, I it took me <clears> till <throat> the last that that two parter at the end. That really mm-hmm. hammered. I know they kept calling. I think they actually called her a hand mage. But yeah, they okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. They they like call her, but I didn't pay any attention to it until the end. There, once Evil Lynn gets powered up and Tila covers her mouth, I'm like, oh yeah. Like every time, yeah. whenever Tila does something, she's doing this. And yep. and like you said, Evil Lynn is always is always has to have her incantations. And I, it clicked for me too. I'm like, that is a really cool, like, like pairing, like dueling. Yeah. And that, and it explained, and actually, if you watch, then once Tila powers up to her sorceress persona, she just does stuff. Mm-hmm. Which is, which, you know, you basically figure that's like the highest uh, magic user. And like, there's the, yeah. the hand mages, there's the word mages, and then there's a, I would say just mages, like who can just mm-hmm. do stuff. And that's because Evil Lynn, from the moment she sees Tila powered up that first time, she is insanely jealous of her. And I like that. It's a great callback to the origins of the line where it was supposed to be like heroic warrior goddess, evil warrior goddess. And like Evil yeah. Lynn was supposed to be like, uh, same thing, her kind of, her kind of, uh, 
uh, not doppelganger, but yeah, like they were the jealous, you know, goddesses or whatever. You yeah. know, they they fought against each other, and and that's Evelyn's big thing. Once she gets powered up, she can then just do stuff. She doesn't need the words anymore. She's and mm-hmm. uh, and that takes T- Tila by surprise. But it, it in that shows why Evelyn has that resentment towards Tila because she was her apprentice. She was just her pawn, and then she got powered up first and surpassed her. Yep. So now Evelyn's like got this chip on her shoulder that she's got to show her who's boss. And uh, yeah, I mean it's it's just, it's great storyline. It's great character building. Mm-hmm. All right, um, and then so, what? We're doing the heroes. But the least, least favorite hero, like what, least what? favorite hero. Um, not necessarily even that you dislike them, but like the one that you think could have done been done better, maybe. Or if you do just have one dis- dislike. See, I, I honestly don't dislike anybody on the entire show, which is kind of a surprise. But I think the yeah. one that I feel he was a little more marginalized might have been Duncan. Yeah. Um, I like his design. It, it really <laughs> is Samus. It really it is. You think Metroid? I, and, I wish and they could have. I wish they could have tweaked that, maybe done like more the the one side armor, like the toy, like maybe that would do it. Or even my big thing is that he needs a little green in his yeah. in his design. That's really what even maybe replace the blues with greens might work. I don't know. But yeah, I felt the same way. Mm-hmm. Duncan was kind of the least impressive. Yeah, it's like he's he's not a bad character because he, he reminds yeah. me of Donatello. They they yep. really did make him the Donatello of the group. He's the <clears throat> he's the um, the tech guy, and he he's the inventor and all that stuff. And I do I do like that um, the good guys, for the most part, they have this. They're not as good as the bad guys because the bad guys are the mentors, right. and it's like they're they're going up against their teachers. And he, I think, suffered that more than Tila, yeah. Because even like on the one episode where he had to he had to get the uh, password to break into Orko's AI, he's like. Cronus is the best at everything, and it's always about Cronus, you know. Yeah. And, it, and it, there's that feeling there. But I, I just felt like design-wise, he mm-hmm. was a little too something else for even yeah. the show at times. And even the character, they didn't really give him like his episode compared to the others. Kind of had something, yeah. and his was like that one with Orko, but it was more of an Orko episode than it was a Duncan episode. Yeah. But I did, I did like that. I will say, I agree with all your points. I think he he had the least time to shine. But I, mm-hmm. I do like the character they're making him into. He's a bit more that that young and inv- he's not the guy who's like, oh, I created a freeze ray. Here you go, and it yeah and it works yeah. properly. Yeah, he's it, it, he's the guy who's like, I'm going to create this freeze ray, and it'll probably work. Mm-hmm. Y- you might blow up. What'd you say? Oh, yeah. nothing. Nothing. Yeah, yeah. It's fine. <laughs> no, no, but you but you just said it might blow. Did I? I, I don't remember saying that. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but I, yep. I really I really liked that. I liked that uh they they brought him down. Like it created a whole new man at arms for me. And that mm-hmm. that was fun. Um and it's funny because even back when we did our Lords of Power discussion and like how we would take the line if we had it from the beginning. Um, yep. that was one of the things I threw out there was bring, I had them adults still, but bring man at arms down to He-Man's age, like have them be peers instead of, yep. um, 
instead of the mentor-mentee angle. And I, I thought it worked really well. He's definitely the Donatello. It's fun. And I'm, and I'm sure down the road he'll get his time to shine. But like you said earlier, his stuff is more like comments here and there where in the other heroic warriors, masters, they're still calling them masters here, they really kind of had their episode or their, you know, scene or something. And Duncan's yep. is more of these little comments. Um, and you mm-hmm. even get the feeling that Cronus might not even be as good as he says he is and he was, you know, using Duncan. Like oh, Duncan yeah. says, yeah. like, I... I programmed the failsafe for Cronus in the in the RK yep. units, the robots that are used everywhere. Like, yeah. so there's even that little bit of that. It's like, well, how obviously Cronus has some capabilities, but how much does he actually have, and how much does he just steal from other people? Like that kind exactly. of shady guy. Exactly, and I mean, he he did have a really cool line though when when they were going up against uh, the evil masters and all that. I yeah. I did like um, he says to Cronus, "You were the you were the man at arms for uh, for Castle Eternos or whatever. Yeah, I'm the man at arms for Castle Grace. I was like, yeah, yeah, that was cool, you know. <laughs> so, but uh, <clears throat> yeah, he, he he's just the the more unfleshed out, and I I figured yep. they're probably going to do more of them uh, coming up." But um, yeah, I do hope. And they, then for the, I hope they upgrade his armor. I <clears throat> honestly do. I think his his character design, his armor design, is is pretty blah at this point. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then we and got then the bad, the, the evil side for the for dark the evil masters. Yeah. And and honestly, this is the first time I could say that the bad guys were probably one of my absolute favorite parts of the show. Oh, absolutely. Um, and I I got to go with Trapjaw. He was my, between Cronus and Trapjaw, I mean, Cronus is so Stephen Wright, that that very, hi, I'm here to do this, okay, yeah. you know, and I, I love how deadpan he is, and, and, uh, and, and then on top of that, then, when he gets his power up, I love that when they have their first fight with the Masters, yeah. he gets his jaw broken, and that's the whole, you know, he has the the metal support. armor around it to support his jaw so it's not yeah. uh, not uh, it's able to heal and that's what Skeletor uses to turn him into trap jaw and the, the design the whole you know the the circular oh, yeah. teeth and all that I love it I absolutely I he's he is hands down my favorite design of that entire series right now yeah, he looks so. great. The little the little bits, like you see the little bits of like flesh, like or like yep. blood and stuff in his arm. He's got the little piece of metal everywhere. Like he's mm-hmm. when he upgrades, he he is amazing, instantly recognizable. Um, and yeah, his character has has been great. And he's he's ruthless too. He's just like like you say, he's just like oh, I got to burn down the village. All right, I burned down the village. Like yep, you killed a ton of people. Yeah, I did. That's what we had to do. It's not even. It's not even like that malicious evil where like he like gets joy of it. He's more just that like, all right, I gotta do this, this, and this, and it's just like checking yep. boxes. Like he's yeah, he's that analytical mind, but for evil, like he's like, well, I need I need to find I need to get the sword back from Tila. She's in this village. Let's just kill everybody in the village. It's the easiest way. Like that's yep. <laughs> it's it's yeah. it's crazy, but there it's so well written. And uh, he he is a completely different kind of villain, 
And I will say mm-hmm. that real quick. All the villains feel quite different. It's not just the the buffoon of the week or anything, or like they're all thank God they're all bumbling <laughs> oafs or you know what I mean. Like they're not. It's not henchmen one, two, and three. They all have the no. same personalities. They're written consistently, um, and yeah, they're just fun. Yeah. yeah. Uh, for me, I honestly. It might be a little too on the nose, even though he doesn't have one. Uh, but I got I got to go with Skeletor because mm-hmm. not only is he's instantly recognizable, all the villains in their powered up forms I feel are instantly recognizable. Evil Lynn's the biggest departure, but even her, yeah. I think you put her and her picture in front of anybody and they'll go, "Well, that has to be Evil Lynn," you know. Mm-hmm. But Skeletor, number one, I have seen a lot of fan art, a lot of customs over the years of Skeletor. And I've seen people go with more of a boned look, like either completely or partially, or, you know, really playing up the skeleton thing. And I usually don't care for it. That's nothing against the artists or the customizers or anything. It just... I've always preferred my Skeletor. Like, that's what sets him apart to me. He's not just a skeleton. He's the skull head and the the muscular body, right? Mm -hmm. But just a little act of them just, and it's not too much to me, but when he gets transformed, the fact that his one arm and hand are are bone, are skeleton, and then, of course, his skull, it just, it works so well. It's not overdone, but just that little punch up that's like, that's creepy as shit. Like seeing mm-hmm. that's that's and that's the hand he uses the havoc staff with. It's the one he was holding on to to the mace that would eventually become the havoc staff that gets like skinned, and it is yep. so creepy and it works so well. Whereas if I think if they'd gone even both hands or like all his appendages, I would just been like, ah, oh, come on, like that's not Skeletor. But that mm-hmm. in the armor, it's all punched up, but it's instantly Skeletor. Like you look at it, it's like that's Skeletor. He's beefy he's bulky he's muscular he's got the the harness tweaked up the glowing that green energy which we find out is havoc you know they set mm-hmm. up as two two fonts basically the power of grayskull is all the heroic warriors draw their power from that and then the the power of havoc is where all the dark masters get their power and i really mm-hmm. like that it's it's that yeah that counterbalance um, is done really well here, and the fact that he is just, like, imbued with it. Like, everyone else mm-hmm. gets powered up, but he is, like, it's literally flowing through his veins. That green that you see uh, glowing, that's literally his magic power that's mm-hmm. keeping him alive and everything. And I just... Um, so design-wise, is amazing. And character-wise, this may be the best portrayal of Skeletor I have ever seen. He is mm-hmm. cunning. He is ruthless. He is witty. He is manipulative. It's like mm-hmm. they took uh, Filmation, Mike Young, New Adventures, Eternity War. It's like they took all of those and just kind of took the best parts of each. And we're like, yeah. here's Skeletor. Like, I, I just, his, his dialogue is amazing. When he makes his jokes, I laugh every time. But at the same time, I'm scared as heck with some of the stuff he comes up with and some of the stuff he does. 
Like, I, you know, we said it when we covered New Adventures. Like, Campbell Lane is like that used car salesman Skeletor. And they, (laughs) yeah, they rolled that into this, Sean. Like, they even got that aspect of it. Like, it's really easy to take Skeletor and either go, you know, super dark and menacing or like filmation campy. But like, this guy's got it all. Um, and I really think that that's the right thing to do for the kids. Cause he's got those moments where, you know, if they just went dark, he would have been too scary for the kids. If they just done the, the goofy Skeletor, we wouldn't be able to take him seriously, but somehow these writers found the right mixture and they churned out a near perfect Skeletor in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anytime he was on the screen, my son was scared to death. And that said something to me because when I was a kid, I don't remember a single moment where Skeletor was scary to me on, on filmation. It was always, it was Skeletor, you know? Right. And in this, it's like, they have some of those close-ups where he's just getting maniacal and you can just, I mean, even, even me as a 40 something watching, I'm like, man, if I was six, I'd be scared to death of this version of him. Maybe yep. even more than the uh, 87 movie when I was a kid watching that. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that one. He, um, that Frank Langella Skelter's in there. He does the big speeches, the monologues. Mm-hmm. He, th- he thinks he's the best ever, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I got to say, one of the best moments of the series is when he reveals himself to Randor. Yeah. And Randor's <laughs> just like, oh, Keldor, it's you. And he's like, really? It's me? Like... <laughs> You haven't seen me for 10 years. <laughs> I have a skull for her face now. Is it not doing anything for you? And Rander goes, what? I'm supposed to be scared just because you got a haircut? <laughs> like, I like it's that, that kind of stuff. Okay. I'm like, I love it. Like he's ready for this big dramatic, like, <gasps> and like he gets yeah. nothing at Rander. It's like, oh. yep. Uh, like I did that, that interaction. I was howling. I was like, yes. And this is, this is as Skeletor is launching his grand plan and like nothing's going how he wants, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. That same, that same uh, episode, he's like, He-Man shows up right on Battle Cat and he like looks at his evil warriors. He's like, can somebody get me a Battle Cat for Christmas? Or yeah, for yeah. my birthday or something? He's yeah, like, yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like that's, that's Skeletor right there. But at the uh-huh. same time, he's so maniacal. Oh my god, I, I really can't praise it enough. It is, it mm-hmm. is such a well done update. So for the villain that the the least villain or the, what, yeah. however we're going to do it, <laughs> ironically, I'm going to have to choose Skeletor, and it's not because I don't like him. It's not because of anything. It's more I'm interested in the departures from what we knew to make them different this time around. And this time it was just, you got Skeletor. And that's fine. It yeah. works. And like I said, scared the hell out of my kids. Right. But I'm, like, the design of him, I like it, but the other ones are more interesting looking to me sure. than him because he really does go by, you know, other than the arm being uh, the skeleton arm, yeah. that's Skeletor, you know? Right. like. But when, when you, like, the other ones, yes, you can see who they are, but there's things that make those this version of them and it makes you it, for me at least it makes me latch on to them and go trap jaw looks amazing freaking yeah. beast man was like turning from a, a man into a werewolf and yeah. then you see his transformation yep. and then you see the old version of him crumble into dust and now that's what you are you're left with is this bestial man yeah. beast man 
And and um, even with Eva Lynn, I honestly, she's kind of tied for me. Maybe I'd even say maybe she should be the one that I, I should do that with instead of Skeletor. Because well, if you don't, I'm kind going. Of neck and if neck. you don't, I'm going to. So that's well, I'll do Skeletor <laughs> because because yeah. it, and and uh, he's uh, the voice actor is probably my favorite version of Skeletor today. Yeah. The story and all that stuff. It's just it like out of all of them, he felt the most. It's Skeletor. We're right. just boop. We drop him in. He doesn't have an arm this time. There we yeah. go. Play. You know, versus uh, you know the other ones. There was always something updated to make me just go like, "Ooh, I got to look at this, this design, yeah. and I got to see what they did to change right. this up." Again, and, and, least favorite yeah, does so, not mean dislike. This doesn't mean know. they suck. <laughs> right. That's there's really nobody that does in this series so far. It's. Uh, but yeah, mine, mine would have to be Evil Lynn. Kind of the same thing. Like, there's nothing really wrong with her. Just out of the the quartet that we're introduced to here, uh, she's just kind of the like, yep, that's that's Evil Lynn. You know, there's there's a little more history between her and Tila now, which is cool. But mm-hmm. you know, the design, uh, and then they lean heavily on the Horikoth aspect, which is the the bat god of the evil horde. In the Eternity mm-hmm. War comics, um, which is cool. I'm curious to see if they explore the Horde through that or if it's just a little Easter egg. But uh, she's got great powers and everything. But for me, she is the the least updated. She is Evelyn. She's a she's a, a magic user who becomes you know more powerful. She got the staff, everything else. You know, costume upgrade, but it's Evelyn. You know. So you, you get the vibe with her, at least I did. I got the vibe like her and Cronus were a thing for ten years since Keldor got well, they, uh, since Keldor and all that. And I, I, their... I kind of like that aspect of it too, where it wasn't just oh she's trying to find uh, Keldor all along or whatever. It's like right. they're using him as part of the plan. But there was definitely a line where she says about uh, did she didn't she call Cronus her beloved or something at one point? I don't remember that, but they've definitely been, you know, you find out that there was a, a coup against Randor led yep. by, well, it was led by Keldor, but Randor never figured that out at the time. Um, but yeah, Cronus and Evil Lynn both betrayed the Royal uh, Palace um, on Keldor's orders, but they, from the beginning, have always said that they were plotting they were using Keldor. They felt they were using Keldor. Keldor felt they were using them. Like, there's no loyalty at all. Um, it's all means mm-hmm. to an ends for our, for our villains. Um, and so that's a nice angle. And, yeah, basically they've been on the run ever since then. They picked up Duncan and Tila as their protégés. But even then, they're using them just to commit crimes so that they don't get caught, you know? Yep. So... Uh, it's it's it, there's a lot of history here, and that that's cool. And then even as we find out, once they have the dark power, the first thing they do is try to betray Skeletor. They're like, all right, yeah. we got the power, we got <laughs> it, we got the havoc, and now we're gonna turn on you. Um, and yeah. that was a really interesting plot twist to me. Like I, I knew they would eventually, but to pull it that soon, and then Skeletor mm-hmm. just like, yeah, no, like I knew you were gonna do this, you know. Um, mm-hmm. and, and the reveal that he actually used his power to to enslave them. Um, yeah, and they since they are now using the power of havoc, he controls them. They cannot turn out. He can shut them down. 
and they're basically his slaves now. Uh-huh. Um, that's that's a real cool twist. Yes, I I I, I equated that. Um, I talked about it a little in a castle the first ones the other day where it's like he's basically the guy that embraces the fact that he gets to yeah. go to hell. And right. he's dragging them all down with him, whether they like it or not. And that was like, it, it isn't done in a way where it, it looks horrific. But when you think of that in yeah. the confines of what the story is, that's actually terrifying. Right. You know, it's like if you, if you're waving this guy's flag and you're thinking, I'm going to win because this guy's got this. And it's like, Oh crap. That means he's going to take me down with him. Ugh. Like, yeah, I, I enjoyed that so much and again it, it it's the whole thing of you know this version of skeletor like you said i i think he's probably the best version we have to this point because he really will do some some like insane stuff just to further his own plan and further right. his own um his own story or whatever right. and and i really, well, I mean, really his power yeah it's his all power, about the power and and uh one of the one of the best things that they did was introduce, like you said, the the power of Grayskull and the power of Havoc. Yeah, that was that was something that the minute they went there and and they have that flashback, which uh, I was actually remembering Thundercats when this happened because you have uh, it, it, I love it the the AI sorceress Eldris of uh, yeah. the Grayskull. She <clears throat> was there uh, showing. Here's the moment when Adam got kidnapped. Right. Brought to Grayskull, and Keldor is doing, you know, give me the power now and all this stuff. And yeah. she she so, does the last crusade, choose choose wisely and all that right. kind of stuff. No, and that's and that's great. And and uh just getting into the main through line of the season there, that's basically mm-hmm. it. It's all I mean, we pick up afterwards, but they they find out that basically it all started with Keldor wanting the power of Grayskull, and he he kidnaps Adam in order to, and, and forgive me, it's been, uh, I had to watch this a bit space part, so it's been a while, but I don't think they really explain why he took Adam, unless I'm, I'm forgetting something. Uh, but I they, think they did, and I'm, I'm forgetting myself right now. Yeah, though. but basically he needed, for whatever reason, he needed Adam to find Grayskull, because they went back to the Grayskull can appear wherever it's needed type of thing like it's not it's not a solitary structure it disappears it comes back it's it's yeah. very mystical in this series um but once you once you find Grayskull then you have the potential to become master of it and basically they man they hit so much in this season so you've got <laughs> Back in the in, we'll say Preternia, even though I, I will say they never actually call it Preternia. But you had King Grayskull. They they mention him. Orko the Great was alive back then. The actual troll in Orko, and they used the power of Grayskull to fight off uh, the Snake Men. Did mm-hmm. they mention King Hiss? See, this is the problem. My mind kind of fills in this stuff. I can't uh, yeah, remember. I, I want to say it, they did. They? Yeah, yep, so they yep. mentioned Hiss, they mentioned the Snake Men, they were, uh, Cringer says it, he's like, they were apex predators that tried to wipe out every yep. other life form on Eternia, and it's like, yeah, 
like that. that so that's yeah. all there. <laughs> um, and basically, they use, King Grayskull used the power of Grayskull to defeat the Snake Men and defend the people of Eternia. But since then, the, the elders forbade anybody from using the power of Grayskull after that point. It's too powerful. It's, you know, it's not worth it, basically. It's, it's that WMD, and we're not touching yeah. it. It's forbidden. And so we get to the present day, and Keldor wants that power. So he, he stages this coup. You know, he uses Evelyn, or Evelyn and Cronus to distract the royal palace so that he can kidnap Adam because he's found the way to Grayskull. And he gets there. And the current sorceress of Grayskull, like Sean said, is, is named Eldris. And, and I do feel at that point she was still alive. Mm-hmm. I feel I feel like she's just the kind of ghost AI, whatever you want to look at it in our present timeline. But again, I think that's yeah. all speculation on my part. But yeah, and, and it, he's presented with the choice. There are two weapons. Only one harnesses the power of Grayskull. And of course, you've got the Sword of Power, and then you've got this mace. And Keldor, he's like, well, I, swords are for warriors and I, you know, knights who serve somebody and I serve nobody. So I'm taking the mace. That is the leader's weapon. You know, the ruler. The scepter. Yeah. The scepter. I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah. The scepter. <laughs> um, and, and, and basically that's what starts his process to Skeletor because that is full of havoc. And that's the first part actually is that his hand gets burnt off and it's just the skeleton and he's, Mm -hmm. and he's banished and Grayskull disappears. Adam loses his memory. And by the time Raindor and company figure out what's really going on, uh, Grayskull's gone Keldor and Adam are gone, and all that's left is a sword of power. And so Randor takes it back to the palace and, and stashes it away. And that, honestly, all that, guys, is just a flashback. And, and it's even pieced together through a couple episodes. Yeah. Like, I mean, all that history right there, Keldor thinks he lost his brother and his son. He thinks that they were both victims of the coup, you know? Mm-hmm. And, uh... And I, I really like what they did with Adam here. Like, having him have the royal lineage in that whole backstory, but also then he's once he's found, he doesn't know, remember all of his past, it's muddy, whatever, and Cringer finds him and takes him into the Green Tiger tribe in the jungle. And Sean, it was at this point when I'm watching it, it's the vintage mini-comics. It is. And that made me really, really happy. <laughs> Once I realized that, I'm like, holy shit, this, this is just the vintage mini comics brought to the present day with kind yep. with some of the, 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 some stuff a little tweak. It, it, it just, it fits better. But basically, mm-hmm. this is the story of Adam leave, finding the sword, leaving the jungle, and going yep. to protect the greater Eternia. While assembling this group of warriors along the way. Yep, exactly. Now, the, the minute oh. they went there <laughs> with the tribe, yeah, I, I, I was beaming. So I'm like, I'm finally getting this. It's not exactly the Alcala version that I've always wanted to see, but I'm just yeah. happy they went there finally because yep. I, I, I grew up with, with both. Actually, right. what, the DC, this, and uh, the Alcala, the Filmation Alcala. And this one was like, 
let's just go for it. Let's tell a story that's completely not what you would have expected, but there is going to be a through line that's going to have these things that do bridge to what you know as well. You know, so I, I I love that. And, and it it really like, um, I was listening to to another podcast and there were some people going, what does Adam bring to the table? What, you know, like typically, Right. Adam brings, he becomes He-Man to the table. And in this sequence with Adam, you can see, no, what he brings to the table is this kid actually has got some bravery. He's got some courage. He's got some smarts. And he's not just this hopeless person on the, he's, he's saving Cringer when we, we, well, he saves Cringer's nephew. Or whatever yeah. at first. Oh, well, I thought it was going to be Cringer the cub. too. Yeah, Ex- yeah. exactly, exactly. <laughs> but but I like how you know he you see he's brave. He's he's giving yeah. of himself to protect <laughs> another life here and all this stuff. And then I like that between him and Kraz, it's like, yeah, where's Cringer? Oh, right. I bet he got taken again. Well, he doesn't have or he's hunting. He doesn't have claws, and he's off to yep. go and protect his friend. You know, and 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 it, <clears throat> it was enough for me to go. That's what he brings to the table here. Yep. You know, like Adam is not the typical Adam. He's very much yep. someone who isn't shirking away from a situation where someone's yep. in trouble. He he does go into it, but it does yep. help him to be He-Man later when he can do these things because then he can do them and people usually are even safer right. afterwards, you know. But then we jumping ahead a little bit, we've got that that interesting um now don't get me wrong. I love secret identity shenanigans. You know that about me. Mm-hmm. I love the where's Adam? Oh damn it! I, I don't know. Uh, I'm sure he's safe. Like I, I love that kind of stuff. I, I do miss that here. I'm not gonna lie. I always miss a secret identity. But this stuff is done so well, and it explores a whole new aspect. Um, where he is from the jungle, even though he's still got the royal family ties. A lot of his life, he was raised. I mean, ten years. I mean, that, years, that's yeah. huge. He was raised in the jungle, not knowing who he was. Now he's got to deal with the, I'm the son of a king. I am a prince. And when he finally meets his father, his father's, one, overjoyed that he's home. But two, Ooh. goes, hey, you're using the power of Grayskull. We can't touch that. It's against the law. And he's like, you need to put down the sword and come back to the palace with me. And Adam going... Yep. I know that's not right. Keldor's out there, you know. Mm-hmm. I need this power. And that leading to the father-son conflict that way, I yeah. thought was a really nice... And, and Randor's a jerk. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah. he... For, for just finding his son after a decade, he is a jerk. Like, he is just yeah. like, <coughs> no, you have to do this my way. There's the after he just saved him from the storm and everything like it's I thought that was really well done. Adam <coughs> excuse me. Adam having to make that hard choice of do I you know, I finally found my family. Do I go with my father and give all this up? Or do I give up my family and go protect Eternia because I know something bad's coming? And, mm-hmm. and that sacrifice he makes, it was gut-wrenching. It's like it was everything he he was looking for, and when he got it, he realizes he can't do this. I, I can't. 
and he's mm-hmm. got to walk away. Um, same with him and Crass. They have the conversations. Like, we have all this power now. We can keep the jungle safe. We can keep our tribe safe. And Adam's like, no, this same thing. It's above the tribe now. We're, we need to protect this whole planet. And Crass as Ram Man is like, dude, no, we need to just hunker down, make sure ours is taken care of. And, you know, and that leads mm-hmm. to their splitting up, you know, Crass staying yeah. in the jungle, protecting it, and Adam going back to Grayskull. I mean, he, I know I'm rambling, but even, even Grayskull being the, the, the abandoned fortress that the the masters move back into and they're they're fixing it up and everything and they're making it their mm-hmm. home like that's right back to that vintage era yeah no there's for for somebody like me who's wanted to see <laughs> a lot of the vintage stuff happening that is this the pre-filmation yeah that's probably why i embraced this as quickly as i did because you know, like I, I've always wanted to see that version of Adam leaves the tribe, yep. And here he is now. He's going to go and be He Man. He's going to be this barbaric warrior to protect Turney and stuff. And I like in this case, I, I it, like there, I felt like that version was always going to have less meat on the bone yeah. to talk about versus this one has a lot of good stuff on the bone, and yep. I love it. And and they really define his character. They really define. Adam and he, in my opinion, is probably the best Adam that I've seen for all around as a character because, yeah. like I, I always was like I know you're big on the um, the alter ego yep. and and yep. the switching of, of the identities, but I I love that in this version, it doesn't mean he's two different people. And right. they even don't they don't even manipulate the voice and make the voice actor do a different voice like like Cam Clark and I'm he mad and then it's like you know Adam is kind of like this you know, I, I like that there's there, Adam yeah. in that voice when he there's, talks it's definitely less you know, there's, there's a little through. bit the way he talks but yeah it's, it's not it's it, not the it, night and day it, exactly yep. and and <clears throat> I mean the thing too is. At the end of the day, you know, this version of him, and, and that's the funny thing, because I, I think of Adam in the character way more than I think of him in the design way and all this other stuff, because he's yeah. very Adam. I like oh, yeah. that there's the tiger stripes, though. I like that it shows he's earned his yeah. his uh, place in the tribe because yep. he's got the stripes on his vest and all that. But, yeah, there's a lot about him where he is an interesting character to watch oh, for me this time around compared to... 2000X was getting there with some of that stuff going into the second season because yep. they were showing Adam is wrestling with these things, you know, in, in different episodes. But in this one, it's from the get go. He's just right. here's this kid. He gets this ability, and I I don't know. I'm I'm just I enjoy that, and I like I like that he he looks at it from a tribal perspective. I think even on the show because yeah. the moment when and I, I, this is one of my favorite episodes, actually. Uh, we, we have the confrontation at, at Grayskull. We have He-Man and everybody else unpowered and versus Keldor yep. and everybody unpowered. And all the, the, the heroes are like, crap, we're going to get our asses handed to us because they are still better than us. Right. And that's the moment when, you know, Keldor's trying to break down the gate and he's trying to get through the force field. 
And, uh, and he says the, to Lynn, you know, this power isn't to be shared. And I, I like that Adam turn, or well, he's He-Man there, but it's very yeah. Adam where he turns to everybody. He goes, I think this power is meant to be shared. And then that's when you get your Avengers yeah. assembled big stuff with the power ups. It's like that Adam just works for me on that level. I love, I love that we're, we're doing away with the days of, you know, the one person getting to have that power yeah. up and everybody it's like it, the best way I explained it was think about playing as you were the He-Man characters when you were a kid. Yeah. And everybody had this, okay, Adam, whoever plays Adam will just be He-Man and everybody else is on the same level throughout the rest of it. We, you know, we're all going to be good warriors, but how cool is it that now if you're playing with your friends as like a six-year-old, you can have somebody go, I want to be He-Man. And then somebody else would go, well, I want to be man at arms. I want to be Cringer. I want to be Ram Ma'am. And I'm I'm watching the show going, this is so cool for that. Like for kids, because every time it was like, yeah, that one kid who got to be the star and everybody else was on the same level. Now everybody gets to share in that this time around. Yeah, and that that's a part I was unsure about, the group transformation, the group power up, like everybody... You know, I just I was iffy about it, but I thought it was really well done here. They built it up, they earned it, and mm-hmm. it, it it works in this universe. Again, we're starting from scratch, so it mm-hmm. works. And uh, excuse me, I like the fact that they can once they've done it, then they can power up individually as well. Because that was one of my big things, and and they're consistent with how it works and everything, and it's still through the sword of power that they transform, as we find out later in the season, when Skeletor breaks the sword, which, oh my god, they went there already? Yeah, um, they went there already. <laughs> I mean, they show just how, once Skeletor has the full power of Havoc, he is He-Man's equal, which mm-hmm. we don't see a lot of. And that's, yeah. going back to earlier, that's where having the power of Havoc and the power of Grayskull really puts them like, yeah, like, this is not... Like, this He-Man needs a team because yeah. every one of these evil warriors are now on his level. So mm-hmm. it's not going to be the the weapon of mass destruction He-Man where it's like, oh, good, He-Man's here. We're good now. Oh, no, uh-huh. you better get out of here, you know? Yeah. No, it's like, yeah. dude, I broke your sword, like, first meeting. Like, yeah. you know, and yeah. I like that. It gives you those stakes. Um. But yeah, once that happens, everybody's down. Um, and they they have to fight your way back. Uh, the corruption of the Havoc, you know, we think that the warriors are going to, the heroic warriors are going to succumb to it. I mean, there's so many great moments in this series, and it's only been 10 episodes. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, 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 it's amazing everything they've hit so far and the potential it has to go forward. Um. I will say, I do kind of hope that as they introduce new warriors, that not everybody has to transform. Like, I kind of like, which they probably will, but I would kind of like it if there were some characters that just were powerful, just to kind of mix it up a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, it's nice having that core group, but does everybody have to do it? That's kind of where I'm at. I'm I'm a, a little like there's a part of me that goes well in 
my my head canon has always been he-man and adam should be a unifier versus yeah. skeletor breaking everything apart the havoc aspect of that yeah. and all that so the idea that you know within each like they bring up the the uh the avions on it yeah so i'm like okay the potential of us seeing stratos is there maybe next oh, yeah. season and the potential of merman next season because yep, they, they also brought up, up uh they bring them up as well so it's like almost having an ambassador of those races right. and having that person be the one wielding uh, the, like that would almost be their way of saying you're a part of the masters yeah. and you have this warrior but the other part of me like manny faces i don't really need him to be powered up he already has three options you know so See, if they bring him in i i don't know i feel like they actually- don't need to go there as much He's actually, I know I just said I don't need everybody powered up, but Manny Faces, I think that would solve a lot of the problems with his origin for me. You know, if, well, that, it, you it, know, if he didn't have the three faces until he powers up, yeah. and then maybe even, dude, they could do the old mini-comic thing, where he actually gets yeah. the power of Grayskull and the power that, of Havoc, that, and that's his, that. that's, his two, yeah. that's his different... Four. And then when they both hit him, Skeletor and He-Man both hit him, that gives him the robot. Like, uh-huh. it's literally going back, but it works. Like, oh, my God. Yeah. yeah. So, so that's the <laughs> thing. It's like, it, it really... It, it shows the premise of this show works. Yes. Because, you know, like, uh, I... <laughs> Like for me, it's like Stratos. Would he need to be powered up? Maybe not. He's already yeah. an avion, you know, right. and and all that stuff. But you know, Manny faces. I, I'm gonna have to eat my words already. Yeah, I think that does work for his origin really yeah. well. Where you know you have the two of them fighting over him, trying to save him or corrupt him, right? And then that's how you get that merging of the three uh, personalities. But right. and it, and it's like you know somebody like Fisto. I'm guessing either he, he's going to have a glove already or he's going to have a, like in 2000X, it'll be, he's injured and they use the power of gray skull to protect him or, you know, rebuild I, him or whatever. I could see Fisto being an amputee. I yeah. could see him actually either missing, hit, missing part of his arm, his hand, something. And like this gives him that. So yeah, they probably will go powered up. It just, it, just for, just for, I don't know. I, I could also see that kind of getting, like, I mean, even at some points in the series, I will say, like, some of the transformations, I think they did it a, a good job of, like, especially when there's a group transformation, just kind of doing, like, a kaboom, you know? Yeah. But, like, if you get to the point down the road where you've got, you know, I mean, 15 heroic warriors, you know, at that point, the transformations might be a little bit, like, hopefully they will go more to the fast stuff. Like, okay, we're just, boom, we're here, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, it's, it's very, it's very, very video game-esque. It's very action-based. I mean, they've got their special moves and everything. (laughs) And, you know, Final Fantasy, uh, summons style Mm -hmm. stuff, lightning strike and all that, which, which is fun. I mean, I'm sure the, the, honestly, I enjoyed it. Like, it it reminded me Mm -hmm. of Final Fantasy that I'm like, okay. Like, I can get behind this, and I'm sure the kids are eating it up. Um, like you said before, I liked how the, uh, I think it was called Emirate, what Skeletor uses. He says he's using it to share the power of Havoc with the evil warriors, 
But then later he reveals, actually, that's what allowed me to enslave you. Like, I could have given you the power any time, but then mm-hmm. you would have control over it. And I wanted control over you. Like, the fact mm-hmm. that he's always thinking five steps ahead is awesome. Yeah. Um, but I like that when I stop to think about it, then that's actually what Duncan uses that same ore to repair the master's weapons and get them to transform again after Skeletor broke the sword of power. And then that allows them to do their, uh, their kind of combo summons, their dual mm-hmm. moves. And, you know, Duncan and Tila have a move they do together and battle cat and he man have a move together. And I mm-hmm. like that, like how havoc uses this and it enslaves, it ties you to Skeletor, but then they use it. And it's like, no, it just combines our powers. And it's that, that whole duality, that dark and light side where the power of Grayskull is given freely and it combines and it unites and Havoc is like, no, you're all mine now. Like that and yeah. slaves. And I, I love those themes. It's awesome. And it fits right into the world of Masters. It fits into so much stuff that has come before. It simplifies it. Like you said, it takes those early mini-comic things that we've always been able to kind of poke holes in, and it's like, well, this wouldn't work. You know, I've never been a fan of the halves of the Power Sword, but it kind of merges it all together. And honestly, right there, I think this is one of the best merged canons that we have seen in the modern mm-hmm. era. Yeah, well, we we haven't had the chance to see a lot of that kind of stuff, so... This this is really the first time they've gone this way, right? And I I'm eating this this up. I mean, the animation is strong. I, yes. I mean, I know there's people who aren't the biggest fan of like the over exaggerating yeah. the proportions and stuff. But for me, I'm like, it doesn't matter. Like that stuff to me, it's like I've I've seen the Incredibles. They over exaggerate in there with the proportions. It's fine. It doesn't bother me. It's more. You know, like, there's definitely these moments with, it, like, they do these subtle little expressions and stuff. And it's not just, you know, like, the, the, the you know, bare bones anim- animation CGI right. stuff that you would expect. They really put some effort into this one. Yeah. I think, um, like you were saying a little while ago, like, their, their special moves... I, I won't lie. I, I'm kind of hoping in the next episodes that He-Man gets more than one move because he resorts to that move every time mm-hmm. in yeah. the first 10 episodes. And the first time I was like, oh, cool, he's got a special move. Then after about the fifth time, I'm like, doesn't he get another special move? This is it. This is lightning strike. Boom. And that's it. But right. uh, and, and then like at the end, yeah, right. you get the com- the combos at least between yeah. two characters or, or even more of them working together. So it's a little different. I love that when they do that power up together, He-Man's sword turns into like a freaking bed. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's like, like a, a shield or wider, yeah, it's just wider and wider and it shoots cringe <laughs> or Battlecat's blades yeah. out and yeah. no, it's really impressive visually. Um, <laughs> see, and and right there, granted, Mattel's I main goal is to sell toys, but this would lend itself, like you said, you want more special moves. All right. Yeah. So I can see them doing upgrades as they go along. Okay, now He-Man's got his battle armor, and now he's got the 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 new special move, you know. The Thunder Punch or yeah, something. Lightning yeah, Storm, yeah. Thunder Punch. Like, so, there's something yeah. like that's, I can see that happening. Like, everybody kind of upgrades as they go along, because that's, that's what it's going to be, right? Like, now 
now we have the Masters and the Dark Masters. Because for a lot of the first season, the Masters are up because they have the power and only Skeletor yeah. has it. But then once he finally gets his Dark Masters going, now it's like, okay, yeah. now we're, it's the arms race. You know, either they're yeah. going to keep going up in power, armor, whatever, or obviously they're going to keep amassing warriors. It's it's the old, oh, okay, I've got, hey, Skeletor, now I've got Mechanic and Buzzoff. All right, exactly. Man, now I've got Whiplash and Clawful. You know, I mean, yeah. it's like, it's okay. We're going to keep raising the stakes and everything. So, while we're on the subject of special moves, so we got five heroic warriors right now. We mm-hmm. got He Man, Battle Cat, uh, Duncan, and Tila, and then we got Crass as Ram Man. Yeah. Who will be introduced to be her dual move partner? Um, well, like I said, they mentioned Stratos, but I'm a little lost at what Stratos would be to power her up or whatever. Right. So, it's, and that's the thing, right? Because I get the He-Man Battle Cat pairing. Duncan yeah, Tila yeah. makes sense because of their, you know, not in this the history, but yeah. even in this iteration, their history, you know, one was Cronus's apprentice. One was evil Evelyn's apprentice, you know, like mm-hmm. they have that, you know, so. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like I was thinking about that as they were doing the dual moves. I'm like, Crass is left out. Who who would make a good foil? You know, like I could even say down the road, I could see Buzz Off and Mechanic being like the pair. Yeah, because vintage. They were paired up a lot. So yeah, and I want. I, I feel like. Ram Man and Stratos had screen time together on filmations and stuff. So I feel like that might not be a bad one, but I'm looking at it from a power of like what it's like the, with, with Tila and man at arms, it was science and magic working together with battle cat and he, man, it was like the, the power and the ferocity working together. So I'm like, I, they're the traditional duo. Exactly. So, yeah, I'm like, I don't know what, the only thing I could figure is, you know, Stratos flying her up and doing something like, like, like almost like 10 pins. He flies her up and drops her down and she just does like a earthquake move or something and can wreck like a whole battalion or something. But that's exactly where my mind went. And (laughs) it's the, it's the pairing of, like you said, I think Stratos is going to be the one of the next to be introduced. He's original Mm -hmm. eight back, you know, Ram Man came out pretty much second wave. Um, yeah. so it just kind of makes sense. And that's exactly the move I thought of, like some sort of using the terminal velocity and the, the ramming, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. The, the other option is she gets him into the ball with her while she's spinning and then yeah. she shoots him out and he can cut down warriors or something. And Ooh, that could like, be- he, he's like amped up on speed kind of going into something. With he's velocity, got, the, he's got those steel tips, like the 2000 yeah. X head. Yeah. Sure. Nice. If they went there. Um, yeah. And I, I literally I'm sitting there after watching the first 10 episodes going, I can't wait to see how they bring in and then fill in the blank. I mean, right. it, like we, we already talked Fisto, maybe Man- <clears throat> Manny faces. Uh, and, and I'm actually the one that is right there and ready yep. for the plucking is too bad. Yes. He's right there. Both of them. <laughs> They're both many, the palace, many times. Know? Yeah. And they, <laughs> they were going to play a game of Modulock, which I thought was great, too. Oh, <laughs> I missed that. that. 
I yeah, missed they mentioned that one. it's in the first episode. They're like, "Oh, do you want to play modular?" Oh, there's too many pieces involved with that, or something. And I'm like, "Oh, oh that's nice. great." <laughs> but yeah, I thought when I first saw them in that first episode, and they're like, "They're named, they're named Palace Guards, Tuvar and yep. Badger." I'm like, "Oh, that was a nice throwaway," you know, like whatever. I'm like, "Oh, maybe." I'm like, I hope maybe they'll bring them back down the road and everything. And then, like, they showed up in the next episode named. They yeah. showed up in the next episode named. They showed up in yeah. the... I mean, they were in near every episode. And I'm like... Uh-huh. Like, no, that's, that was not just a, a throwaway, like, gag. They they are going to turn here. So, yeah. whether and... willingly or unwillingly, I don't know. Because they're pretty loyal to King Randor right now. They're They're two of his, like, personal guards. Yeah, and and considering where this where these ten episodes end, yeah, they're ripe for the picking to to have something happen to them because they're trying to protect the king. Yeah, so you know, cross crossing fingers because I always like too bad anyway. I hope oh, he yes. shows up next season. I hope, or or I don't know if it's but the next episodes. It's, I hope he it's he's Netflix there. seasons. Ne- so, the I next mean. Netflix season, yeah, but. uh I, I mean, they, they set this one up where it, another reason that I actually think this is one of the best Skeletors ever is look at where it ended. Yeah. I mean, you've never seen, I've, we've well, seen go, him on the go throne. Go for it. How does that? He, he actually takes over the throne of Eternos. He was sitting on the throne. Everything he planned to do. Perfect. <laughs> it worked. It worked. And that again, you know, like one of one of the things uh, again in the in the win column for me is none of these villains are ever played for buffoonery or for comic relief. There are some comedic moments, yeah. Like Cronus has a ton of those deadpan moments and stuff, right. but every one of them is capable of being cruel, vicious, yep. calculating. I mean, within his own group, they're calculating to have a coup against him. And then they find out, oh, crap, we can't do that because he's going to take the power from us. Like you said, five to ten steps ahead. Everybody. I'm sitting here watching it going like, I've never seen this. Like Skeletor is literally on the throne. How do I look? You know, and I'm like, oh, my God. And and, uh, we watched that one just the other day. And then when it ends with that shot of the the illustration of him on the throne, every time my son goes, that's so creepy. I'm like, I know. I I can't wait now. The whole thing, that whole last scene, the final Mm -hmm. scene, it's the 87 movie. It's him. It's the first scene of the 87 movie when he's walking into Grayskull and all his troops are there. He has has mind controlled the entire Royal Guard and taken over Eternos. And he just... He just walks in. Everybody's bound to him and he goes up. He does a spin. He sits on the throne. I'm like... uh. I'm telling you, the people who put the show on, they, they, I know a number of them are fans. The ones who aren't did their research because there are so many callbacks to everything. I mean, yep. we got, we got Colossor, we've got Tuvar mm-hmm. and Vedra, the Modulok reference I even missed. There's so many that I'm forgetting right now on the spot. And so many scenes, even when Skeletor and He-Man are fighting in Snake Mountain, when they first kind of meet powered up for the first time. When they're fighting, and they create they 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 lock sword and staff, and they create that that circle behind them. I'm like, it's yep. the '87 movie fight. It, that's exactly yep. what it's the homage to. Like there yep. are so many scenes and everything else. 
Uh, granted, it looks nothing like it, but the Wind Raider is what they name the ship that the that the Masters use. Um, yeah, I mean, they're just there's so much stuff. It's great, but yeah, when it got to the end there, because I was of the mind up to the end of that second episode that the Masters were going to win, that they were going to turn Skeletor away, mm-hmm. and then when they're like, "We have to retreat. We have to depower." You know, so yeah. Skeletor, because Skeletor's got this innate tracking for the Power of School too, which puts them at a disadvantage. Um, and that's what brought Keldor back. We completely skipped over that. He was lost until Adam activated the Power of School, and, like, that was like a beacon for him to find Eternia again. And that's kind of mm-hmm. what set all this into motion. Um, but, yeah, that moment when I realized, like, they're not winning this. You know, and they got that moment with Randor where Randor's like, I was wrong. I should have accepted you. I should have accepted the power of Grayskull. This is my fault. That was one of the things I was worried about after that Storm episode. I'm like, yeah. are they going to redeem Randor or is he going to just be a jerk in this series? But mm-hmm. then once it comes to the end and Randor gets his comeuppance and he's like, no, I messed up, Adam. Like, I should have listened mm-hmm. to you. I'm an idiot. I'm like, okay, so we're good. We are going to get Randor... To a good place, because that's that was yeah. one of my big concerns watching it that they weren't yeah. going to get there. Yeah, I, I and, and on top of that, when he sees what his son is able to do, and he's yeah. doing it in the protection of his people, just like yep. he would want to protect them, there is a certain amount of if you can't see this, you're going to be the worst part of the series. And thankfully, like you said, right. he, they turn that around completely. I mean, um, and real quick, I I have to do it. Um, yeah. That one of my absolute favorite redesigns that isn't a character, Snake Mountain, hands down. Oh yes, one of I when the first time they showed the exterior shot of that place, I went nuts because yep. I couldn't get over how creepy and yep. how spooky that looked this right. time around. Like filmation started the ball rolling in that direction, oh, and, and it had its moments, but this one for me was <laughs> like I would never want to go in there. I would right. never ever step foot in that place, and it's it's one of my absolute favorite. Yes, just them updating something that we already know and turning it really, really creepy and good. I, I loved it. I completely it. agree. And they took it back to that place where, like, even He Man is is scared to tread upon. Yeah, what he does. Like it. It's a big deal for them to break through and get there. Like it is not yeah. just sitting out in the open. It is. It is a chore. All those. They replaced all the lava with literal pools of havoc, like that evil yeah. magical energy. It just imbued into this fortress. Um, and like we mentioned with Grayskull, Grayskull is a great redesign. It's more of a, a portal to like, kind of like Tilo's wings and everything. Like it's kind of this extra dimension that can move around and everything. Mm-hmm. And, and getting to the end here, so the heroes realize they're not winning this. They retreat, you know, Orko. Uh, another great character that we didn't get into too much, but he's a great redesign. He's got the memories of the real Orko, but he's a robot. He worked; it works mm-hmm. very well. He pulls off a magic trick because that's something he's struggling with as a robot. Yeah. He's having a hard time. He gets them away. They depower, and they split up, which I like because the way they split up is Tila and Orko go with King Randor to make sure he's safe. Mm-hmm. And then Ram Mam, Man at Arms, and He Man and Battle Cat go to Grayskull 
as Skeletor trying to destroy that because Skeletor's mm-hmm. not even worried about Grayskull anymore. He likes the power of Havoc. He's like, I can do something with this. Let's just destroy mm-hmm. Grayskull. And I like that it's given Tila and Orko that time with King Randor. And I think in the next set, we're going to get a bit closer to kind of the default dynamic, if you will, the, the filmation dynamic where it's like, okay, Randor knows he can trust Tila and Orko. And, you know, we're going to get, we're going to get a bit integrated. You know what I mean? We're going to yeah. get, this is a show that I could see ending up where we started. Where it's more, uh, where we as as the adult fans started back in the eighties. I mean, where they're going to mm-hmm. get to the point where you know they're operating out of the palace. They have the backing of the guard. Randor trusts them, but it's got to be earned. And I like that. It's something I had hoped for another recent revival series that we never got. Yeah, you know exactly. So. It's. I'm really looking forward to seeing where it's going, um, and then of course the penultimate scene where, you know, they realize they can't stop all of the the royal guards that are attacking Grayskull, and they tell Eldris to, is they're like, can't you move Grayskull? And she's like, yeah, but mm-hmm. I can't control where it winds up because I don't have yeah. enough power. And they go, well. Castle lost somewhere random or no castle, and they do it. They yeah. whoop, teleport the castle away, as as Eldris says, and so a new adventure begins. Yeah, <laughs> I did. You the have the same thought that, I yeah, did. I was I was a little worried about maybe the next episodes for the fact that I don't really need it to go new adventures. But her just saying that was enough for me to go, well, let's see what you do here. You know, just out of curiosity. But I don't need them to be on another planet. I don't want to have... I, I, unless, the only thing that I could figure is they're on another planet trying to get back home again. Right. And then if that it, leaves Tila holding the bag, you know, and all that. If it's, Orko, an, but if it's a, a, a small arc, that's I'll what be I'm okay with yeah. it. Like, if they wind up on Primus... And they need the help of Flipshot Hydron to get the castle powered up enough to control a blast back to Eternia. Cool. But mm-hmm. that'd be a, that would be a deep cut real well, quick. Here's, here's, here's spitballing really quick, because I know yeah. we're, we're going a little long anyway. But right. if they do something along those lines, they're going to have allies in other right. places. So there is this part of me going, okay, so the way that Skeletor is going in this series, it's interesting to think, you know, if he's got all the palace guards and all this stuff and he's, he's amassed an army yep. of his own, and then the, the good guys are now amassing their own army, by not by default, but by yeah. accident meeting these people and they're, they have powers and all this stuff. There is this part of me that's like, you know, like you were saying, you have... Um, yeah, like eventually maybe it'll be the palace guards and man at arms is in charge of this yeah. and all that stuff. It's like, imagine that being the moment where it's like, it's, it, I, I always go to it, but the end game moment where it's like all bets are off and you have, <laughs> everybody has to join together and they do yeah. pull in. Here's flip shot. Here's Hydron. Right. Plus, you know, all these other people versus the horde or something later on down the line. Yes. And then you have man at arms front and center 
leading the charge right. with all of the palace guards and the soldiers. And it's like, I'm kind of getting chills going. That would be amazing to see because that's, it, it's like you said, it, it's like he said later um, earlier in the, in the series, you know, I'm the man at arms for Castle Grayskull, but it's like, that would be his, I'm the man at arms for yeah. Castle Grayskull and Eternos. And it's the whole, right. you know, to arms fight, the, well, and that's, fight the bigger battle kind of a moment. That's where know? I think we'll get, where we'll get, like yeah. I said, we'll end up where we started with Filmation. Like, okay, now mm-hmm. get Grayskull and Eternos are aligned. Randor is the great benevolent king, you know. Yeah. And there's so many questions, you know, beyond, but I will agree real quick. I'm fine with them going new adventures for an episode or two, as long as they come back. And I don't want them to bring anybody back with them yet. Like, like you said, exactly. down the road, we bring, we, you know, goodbye for now, and it comes back later. Great. And honestly, I, I'm torn probably about fifty fifty whether they're actually going to go there or if that line was just kind of a wink and a nod to us adult fans. Yeah. Um, and that's the other thing. It was well written in the fact that it had lots of those where it's like. None of the kids experiencing this for the first time are going to get this. That line was thrown in there for us. That sight gag yeah. was thrown in there for us. And uh, and I can't say enough good things about this series. Honestly, I went in with low expectations, and this just blasted well through them. And I, mm-hmm. I know we, I know we both have a lot more to discuss about this series. <laughs> Yeah, and honestly, I, I am going to be up for actually doing our episode breakdowns of this series and really digging in deeper um, to it. But for now, I think we'll just kind of rank the episode as a whole, and then we'll get to some questions right quick. So Let's do it. As a whole, I am going on 9.5 out of 10. Um, like I said, it just it exceeded every expectation I have. I had it's amazing. I can't wait to rewatch it. Uh, my kids utterly loved it. It is so close to perfection. Few minor gripes, nothing even worth bringing up again. But nine and a half out of ten for the series as a whole. I, I gotta go ten out of ten because it was the moment of watching something Masters related with my kids, where my kids were just as excited as I was about what was happening and. I mean, even even just a couple days ago, my son's like, Dad, can we put on He-Man when we get home? Right. And the show's been on almost a month now, and he's still excited to watch this. And that is saying something about it. So, And honestly, I don't get sick of it. I've seen it through probably three times now, and I still right. want to keep watching the thing. It's got so much rewatchability. Right. So, yeah, I, 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 I love this. It's what I needed at this point in my fandom. Yep. And uh, so let's go over here. I do have that email from Tony Moore, Simba's guard on the forums. Yep. Um, All right. I'll read through this right quick. It is it is a bit lengthy. Bear with me. But he does have a couple questions. All right. Uh, towards the end. Um, and I, get, I did hear from him after last episode, and he told me there was no need to apologize. Um, but I did. And I do again. So, But thank you, Tony, for sticking <laughs> with us, even though we ignored you for a month. Uh, dear Matt and Sean, well, I binge-watched the new He-Man show, and I am very impressed. Uh, just full disclosure, this is the first time for me reading it, too. Uh, for something that takes the brand in an entirely different direction, it, har- it harkens back to the very original concepts of the brand that gives the series a sense of familiarity 
that a 45-year-old fan such as myself can feel right at home with. We completely mm-hmm. agree. Oh, yeah. There are some drawbacks, but that is just a long-time fan of me not liking some of the new angles the show is taking. The good far outweighs the bad, so I'll just list what I don't like first. I think you guys have already <laughs> spoke about some of these. Number one, everybody being able to call on and be empowered by the power of Grayskull. I can give Battlecat and Tila a pass for obvious reasons, but if any new masters join the team, will they get power empowered by Grayskull too? Yeah. Even if... Uh, Grayskull's power just enhances what the warrior already has. If anyone can wield the power of Grayskull, said power becomes less noteworthy. I think we covered a bit of that already, so Mm -hmm. um, we'll see what happens. Number two, the Power Ranger anime vibe to the show. That isn't that big of a deal for me, just an annoyance. I actually love that part. I thought I was going to hate it, but I, I actually really enjoyed the, the Big Hero 6, Power Ranger, whatever you want, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. The standard group, um, I, I that's the what I thought I was going to hate, but I didn't at all. I loved it. The, uh, the one thing I'll say about that real quick, and, and, and I'll let you yeah. keep reading, is that is the only thing that people can say makes <clears throat> a kitty. Yeah. And that's the, that's the one thing about the show that I, I kind of... If this was done in like the revelation look, but imagine this story, yeah, I think fans would be eating it up even more and having less of that. Oh, it's kidified or whatever. But I, I don't mind it. I enjoy what they did with it because it makes it fun. Yeah, and sometimes that's all I want is to have a fun, entertaining story. I agree. Like but I totally, I totally get where people are coming from. Uh, sure, I get it. I was surprised. I liked it. To be honest with you. Uh, number three, with Skeletor and his Dark Masters being powered by Chaos, I get a light side, dark side of the Force vibe. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm not sure I should mention this as an annoyance, seeing as Masters was com- created to compete with Star Wars in the first place. Again, real quick, that's something I didn't think I wanted or would like, but it, it really works for me. I, I feel yeah. the balancing act worked better than I thought it would. Uh, what he likes. Number one, Cringer Battle Cat. I guess it could be argued that this iteration of the franchise has no Cringer as there is no change in personality when Cringer becomes Battle Cat. I guess that makes Cringer more of a Battle Cat liked. Uh, yeah, I feel like it, it, it makes it more the Power of Grayskull puts him back to his prime. Like he's an older mm-hmm. warrior, but the Power of Grayskull is like, no, you still have a shot at this. Mm-hmm. Uh. Uh, in any event, I love his fatherly, fearless... I love this fatherly, fearless version of Cringer. I think it's adorable how he calls Adam and Crass his cubs. I also have yeah. to commend the writers for making what would have otherwise been those ridiculous and unnecessary cybernetic claws actually fit the story. Yeah. I love how this iteration of the franchise has made Battle Cat from He-Man's Steed who is also a member of the team, to a member of the team that is also He-Man's steed. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, number two, the way this iteration of the franchise flips the Adam Cringer dynamic is a very neat twist and a nice nod to the original Vinny comics where He-Man was a warrior from a jungle <laughs> tribe. I'm glad everybody is seeing this because I know uh, it's very easy to get caught up in the anime Power Ranger-ness of it. So I love that everyone's seeing that the themes... The through line is very much Masters. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Tiger Tribe is a concept I've wanted to see explored ever since the Green Tiger Tribe was mentioned in the Classics bios. 
Number three, I was thrilled to see a nod to Panthor. I forgot to completely mention that. Yeah. Uh, it was the best Battle Cat Panthor fight we have ever gotten in any Masters cartoon so far. What, you didn't like the the dust cloud of Mike Young Productions? <laughs> However, if Panthor actually joins the series, I hope he is an actual animal and not a magical construct. Um, I agree. Um, I do want to note here that that toy motorcycle that Skeletor comes with is named Panthor, and it obviously is shaped like a, a purple cat. So I'm I'm really curious to see what they do with Panthor down the road. It'd be kind of cool if he was magical and could transform into the motorcycle. That, that could be <laughs> like a transformer type of thing. That could be yeah. kind of fun. Uh, number four, Ram Mam. She is such a different take on this character that I could imagine the Ram Man we know being her father. I yeah. could see it going that way, or even just there was a Ram Man back in the past, like Orko. So, mm-hmm. uh, I also have a couple of questions. How old do you think Adam is in the series? I had thought 12 at first, but 14 seems more believable. Honestly, I think even a couple years older than that. I, I'm thinking more of the 16 to 18 age range because we know it's been t- 10 years since they disappeared. Mm-hmm. And the Adam that Keldor took to the Grayskull did not look two to four. I yeah. think he had to have been at least six. And I think they're, honestly, I think they're just drawing the teenagers more like teenagers. We're just so used to. You actually look at a teenager, they are just overgrown kids. We're, we're kind of yeah. so used in media, you know, the teenagers being played by 20-somethings that you really kind of lose track of how a teenager really looks. You know, you think mm-hmm. to the, the sitcoms and stuff where, you know, any high school dramedy is, is using 20 to 28-year-olds as yep. 16-year-olds. So that's just kind of my best guess. I know it feels like they're younger because of how scrawny they are, but really teenagers are little kids. Yeah, I my my daughter and I actually debated this watching the show. And I want to say just from the look of Adam when he was kidnapped in that in that uh yeah, um the flashback. hologram, they were the flashback. I'd say he was maybe maybe 8 8 to 9 years old because yeah. I'm I'm also looking at that and going Based on how my kids are, right. my daughter could speak like him there. Yeah. My five-year-old couldn't do it. Right. You know, and and so, so you know, I look at it from yeah, he I'd, I'd imagine he's eighteen to nineteen, maybe even twenty. I don't think twenty. I think they've been and they've been very, very uh they describe them as teenagers in in the press and that new book that they just solicited. Mm. So they, they are firmly in the teenager age range. Um but yeah, they go sixteen to nineteen. I guess is our combined kind of, yeah, kind of gap. Um, uh, number two, Duncan is obviously not Tila's father in this. If the show gets a second season, do you think it will turn out that they are siblings? I absolutely do not. I don't think there's going to be any uh, f- uh, biological relationship between them, which there never really was. Besides yeah. some corners of fan speculation, um, yeah, I, I the way I'd put it is this version of Masters is very much 
family is the people that you choose, not the, right. not the people you're related to. Cause even in this one, like Adam was more interested in helping people he didn't know versus helping the King who's his blood. Right. Yeah. You know, like at first it was, Oh God, we got, and eventually it grew yeah. into that. But I do feel this series is wearing that on its sleeve where it's very much family yep. is the people that you choose. And they're a family of people that are able to help in this case. And I, um, I think but they're I, have, I hope there's no biology to it. You know, no, I think they're going to have a stronger bond, especially as the ranks grow based yeah. on them being, you know, kind of founding members and the fact that they both knew each other from service to Cronus and Evelyn. So I think yeah. they do have a stronger bond. You know, they got the duo power and everything. Yep. So, but I, I don't think there's going to be much more than that. Uh, the only the only connection I could think, I mean, obviously there's Adam and Randor, but I'm curious to see if they're going to go there with Eldris and Tila as well, because oh, yes. there's definitely similarities there, but within the group itself, I do look at it as like the tiger tribe where Cringer has adopted them as his cubs within right. the group and all that. So, and that no, works I- well for me. Uh, we didn't even get to speculate on that. No, Eldris is definitely Tila's bomb. Absolutely. Yep. I, I have no doubt in my mind they've got the similar skin color, hair color, and just the just the way she talks to her. She appeared to her first. She spoke to her yeah. first. She's the, Tila's the conduit. That is absolutely her mother. And we'll find out yep. why Tila was sent away um, or had to leave. Maybe, maybe it's tied into the Keldor Adam thing. You know, maybe when... Obviously, Eldris did not survive whatever happened there. We didn't see everything. And the castle's in ruins, so maybe Tila was blasted. Maybe Tila in this universe did stay with her mother in the castle. But when her mother Mm -hmm. died, like, she sent her away to protect her. You know, that's going to be interesting. I'm sure they'll get into that. Um, uh, Thanks for your time. Sincerely, Tony Simba's Guardmore. Thank you, Tony, for writing in yet again. We appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you very much, Tony. So uh, I did my post, and here is what we got out of that, other than the happy birthdays. Uh, Robert Reed Emery wrote in, and he says, uh, I don't know if you answered this on your last podcast because I didn't have the chance to watch all of it. Was the new CGI show disappointing to you? I personally didn't like it that much. At best, it was okay. Read, read. Dude, we just talked about this. Can you please pay attention to our show? All right, stop. Rewind it. All right, and pay attention this time. I'm just kidding, Reed. I love you, man. Uh, but yeah, we just covered all that. Thank you for the great question, though, sir. It's always a pleasure hearing from you. And honestly, you know, for uh, just his, his response of at best it was okay, I'm I'm sure there's other people out yeah. there who aren't going to enjoy it as much as us. And let you know, yeah, good point. Let us know uh, what you what you didn't like, what disappoint you for it. Maybe yeah. our thoughts on it might might help a little bit. I don't know, but uh, yeah, I'm yeah. really curious to see to hear what you guys liked and disliked as well. I love hearing other opinions. So yeah, mm-hmm. right in. Let us know. Definitely. Uh, Jacob Hicks wrote in and he said, trying not to get political. But thoughts on the price increases on Origins and Masterverse figures? Number one, we don't know that there's going to be price increases yet. 
because we have only, or unless I'm missing something, I will say that. I've only seen them, the new ones, go up for pre-order on Big Bad Toy Store, which historically always has a markup. Yeah. Like, Origins have always been higher at Big Bad Toy Store. So, I don't know if they're, once they hit retail, if there actually will be. But even if there is, I mean, just, and we all know how everything has been affected, even, not even going into political stuff, just... Costs on everything are up. Production mm-hmm. time at factories is at a premium right now. Um, and inflation is just kind of a steady uh, scourge of our existence right now. So what I've seen at Big Bad Toy Store, if that really is going to reflect to retail, it sounds about right, honestly. Um, I don't really see anything out of the out of the ordinary. Yeah, I... I haven't been tracking any of it the way that other people might have, but I know, uh, for instance, when they introduced, when the, the horsemen introduced cosmic legions a couple weeks back, they, they were buffering that because there was this, we are going to have to have a price increase for these. And it only right. ended up being about two or three bucks right. compared to, you know, right. like it's not 10 extra bucks a figure or something. So um, a figure right quick here. Yeah, so like they've got they've got the the revelation figures for twenty two ninety nine at Big Bad Toy Store. That would be a three dollar increase over what the first wave was. Um, the deluxe figures for Origins they've got them at twenty three ninety nine, which would be about four buck increase. Sorceress they've got her at eighteen ninety nine, which would be a four dollar increase. Like that's pretty much where where we're at. And again, I've only seen those prices on Big Bad Toy Store, so retail might be a couple bucks lower. They usually are. Yeah. Honestly, I mean, the amount of stuff that they're cranking out, and then plus now CGI show. Yes. And that's ten bucks a figure or whatever. I oh, mean, great deal. Great. Deal. It, yeah. Uh, so if the way I look at it, if you really like this stuff, and granted, I'm not trying to look at it from. I know uh, foreign markets have it worse because of shipping and taxes and all that stuff. And I know there's issues there uh, right. from a, from a dollar standpoint or from a price standpoint, but you know, if you, if you like the stuff, I guess it, you know, if you like it enough, you'll figure out a way to, that you'll yeah. want to get it somehow. And if, if it's not working for you and you're worrying about the dollar aspect, then maybe wait till the next thing that comes out to really make you go, I can't live without these or whatever. Exactly. Um, I don't know that. That's just the way I've been doing it with my collection, personally. Yeah, yeah, but um, but if those are the price increases, that's that's normal. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Tomas Ryberg wrote in, and uh, we did cover the happy birthday part, and then he says, "I know that not many people like the first Mondo He Man, and I didn't nope. either when I first saw him. <laughs> but when I got him, I changed my mind. Yeah, I love their take on He Man." And that made me start collecting the line, but just cherry picking. Yep. My Skeletor is the Keldor figure since I can't find the regular for a decent <laughs> price. Now I'm waiting for Hordak, the gray version, and have Merman and Man-at-Arms in my collection already. The figures that Emilio, Emiliano Santa Lucia have been a part of are my favorites. Thanks for the great podcast, guys. 
Thank you, Tomas. And yes, Mondo is a slippery slope, as we discussed last episode. <laughs> I'm I'm scared. That's yeah. all I can say is I'm scared with that deluxe E-Man one. Yeah. Uh, and then Jason Torrance, welcome back again, Jason. He says, yes. uh, happy birthday. I hope you had a great day. Now that the CGI show has been released, how do you yep. rank the animated series between Filmation, oh. 2000X, Revelation, the CGI, Filmation, Shira, and Netflix, Shira. So he's really going for the gold here. Uh, also, I could have a spinoff. Of, oh, sorry. Also, if you could have a spinoff of any two secondary characters done it by the Revelation team, who would it be? I personally would like to see Eva Lynn and Beastman. Keep up the great work with the shows. I have really enjoyed them. So let's do the second question first because I need a second to, to ponder on the first one. <laughs> but so he's saying it's got to be characters that are in Revelation, right? I, Not from just... the look of it, yes. Okay. Yeah, done by the Revelation team, yep. So out of Revelation, I would want to see... I want to see Cringer and Sorceress. I want to see what they were up to. And just a limited series. I don't need like a full, but just a... What were Cringer and the Sorceress up to between Kabloom and, you know, Evelyn, Tila, and Andra coming back to Grayskull? Like, that's what I want to see. They are the two that's kind of like... Because Cringer grew up a lot in that time, too. So I want, I really want to see what they were up to during that time. Hmm. I, I, we already saw it on the show, but I'd like to explore more of it because I thought it was really interesting. I, I would be happy to either read or watch an Orko Evil in yeah, like mini series because buddy cop, uh, it, yeah, because yeah. it made it made Evil Lynn have a softer side of her and more like a mentor role to yep. him, which again never expected that, and for him to be who <clears throat> he is. I feel like he was drawing stuff out in her that was making her more of a, she, she yeah. stood a chance of becoming a good guy eventually if they worked together. So and I it, thought that would have been an interesting way. Was that like uh, 48 hours? Like the, yeah. the cop, the cop and the prisoners kind of <laughs> it's, flipped yeah, its head a little not, bit. It, yeah, Where the evil warrior is. The, is the, yeah. Huh? <laughs> it's not well, lethal weapon. It's 48 hours. I think. Yeah. Yeah, I think, but, uh, yeah. Oh, that could be fun. I'd watch that. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, as for the ranking, so he's got every animated series on there, correct? He, uh, uh, the only one, the only one he doesn't have listed is New Adventures. You. Hmm. Interesting. Well, I'm putting it on there anyways. Take that, Jason Torrance. And I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna start from the bottom. So, at the bottom is Netflix Shira. Uh, step up from that is New Adventures, even though you snubbed it. <laughs> then I'd have to go... Did we split off Revelation and Filmation, right? Yeah, yeah. Then, oh man, this is where it gets tough. The bottom, the bottom two were easy. Ooh. Can I have like a five-way tie? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know about the five way tie is a little too much here. Kill your I'd, babies, pick one. I'd, I'd probably <laughs> have to go Revelation next, honestly, but that's with the caveat that we've only seen half of that so far. Yeah. Um, 
So then Revelation, Mike Young Productions, uh, CGI He-Man, and Filmation's got to go to the top. It is just my, it's my introduction, it's my default for all its flaws. It goes up there. I, I just, I, I won't apologize for it. It just, it is what it is. But like I said, oh, those above New Adventures, that is like, we're talking grains of sand at that point. <laughs> um, so, all right, I'll, I'll do from top to bottom because it'll be easier for me to chart it versus going the other way around. Okay. I think for me, no matter what, 2000X is going to be number one because that combined everything the way I liked it in that series. And right. I still wish there was a third season. Netflix, if you're listening, you're already yeah. doing some He-Man stuff. Uh, and then the next one, I'll do CGI. Nice. I love yeah. that thing. I love that thing way too much. Um, and then after that, I'll say Filmation. Mm-hmm. And then Revelation right under that because those sure. are kind of neck and neck. Although uh, Revelation might edge out depending how the next five <clears throat> go. Right. And then after that, it, it, yeah, it'd be Shira because I haven't really watched a huge amount of that. And then Netflix Shira's at the bottom. Um, too many mysteries that were landing as yep. duds in that yep. show for me. Exactly. Uh, so. Thank you, Jason, for writing yes. in once again. And if and if we um, recall, I want to revisit that question after the next part of Revelation drops because that, I, that yeah, it might that change sense. a bit down the road. And then uh, the last one is Jake Vega, um, and he said thoughts okay, on the Motu Clash for Eternia board game by Simon Games. Come on, come on, games. Uh, Kickstarter that recently ended. I went yep. all in and got all the expansions. The roster of the miniatures is insane. It is. If you ordered it too, do you think you'll paint them? Seems like it would take years. Anyway, I, excited for it. Now just yeah. have to wait a year or more. <laughs> I went all in. I've got all the expansions, all the terrain, all the everything coming. And yeah, there's like a hundred miniatures coming in that. Oh, that is, it's insane. Um, I can't paint to save my life, so I will not be painting personally. I will be having them painted by a variety of um, customizers and fans and whatnot. So, um, and I was originally going to talk to one guy about painting them all, but there is literally a billion teeth. So I think, again, the same thing. That would take years. So I'm going to try and set up some deals with a few different people and kind of waves or whatever. But, yes, my plan is eventually to have all my miniatures painted, which will probably cost me more than what the game went for. But, yeah, uh, I could not resist. I am a huge board game fan, um, D&D player for many, many years. Like, this is right in my wheelhouse, and so I support it to the fullest. I went all in. And I'm the one that's out in the cold, but that's not to say that I didn't appreciate what I saw because no, it's it's insane. It, it's it is a hard time to be a fan of anything right now because yes. there's too many. I mean, my God, we talked about turtles. Well, turtles has how many different lines out there now? We have yep. Ghostbusters coming back to the forefront. Transformers yep. is out there, and He Man. It's like, gee, yeah. and, and Marvel Legends, Mythic Legions, whatever you want to go with. I can't afford it all. So right. I I thought it looked beautiful and yep. I would have loved to play it, 
but where I am, I'd only be able to play if uh, you and I played. Yeah. And with our schedules being what it is, it's like it would just be sitting on the shelf for quite a while. And yep. I couldn't afford all of it anyway. So I was like, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll look from afar and right. appreciate it. So that, that's all right. One of these days, I'll bring my game over to your house and we'll have a good. Well, there we go. We'll, we'll have we'll to get do Jesse a- over there. And we'll- <laughs> <laughs> Can Sean come out to play? Yeah. <laughs> like the old days. I love it. <laughs> All right, guys. Hey, thanks for thanks for writing in, uh, Sean. Take us home, buddy. All right. Uh, on today's episode, we learned that CGI He Man is actually pretty darn cool. Uh, but yeah, definitely. <clears throat> if you have um, if you have any opinions that are counter to us, we're always yep. happy to hear from you I love because it. you know, as much as we love this, we know there are people out there that they might have their issues. I'd love to hear from you as well because. And- it doesn't have to be a love fest. It could be an actual cool discussion I, of what works. I, and I love that. hearing, you know, you'll, you might make me think of something I didn't think of. You know, that's what I like. Exactly. If you guys have different things you love, different things you noticed, like different different Easter eggs we might have missed, let me know. Because, I love, like I said, I'm all about discussion and information. So hit us up. Where can they hit us up, yeah. Sean? Yeah. Well, they can hit us up on Facebook. Every time I do the uh, – comments questions and geekdom for each episode feel free to answer there in the group uh come on to the group we have the questions of how yep. you found us and everything please reply to those first otherwise, uh, otherwise we won't let you in we want to track what how you're finding <clears throat> us and all that stuff uh you can also right here on uh youtube subscribe ring that bell and uh get us to a thousand subscribers that's pretty darn cool that we're at right. that point already I love uh, and you can also do logpod85 mm-hmm. at gmail.com. That'll hit you up with Matt, and he'll be able to read your questions on the show. Yeah. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter, logpod85 there, or Legends of Grayscale Podcast. And uh, I think that's about it. You can also right. private message us if you want as well on Facebook. Absolutely. And until next time. Until next time, guys. <laughs> Happy birthday, Sean. Thank you. <laughs> Oh, come on. Oh, bear. Oh, bear. Oh!